Hey girls and gays, I just wanted to give like a real quick uh, heads up up top at the start of this episode. Um, like all Cartridge Cinema Club episodes, this is mostly a lighthearted, fun conversation. Um, but I would say probably more so than we ever have before, this is um, a very emotionally intense episode of the show uh, in certain places. Um, we are going to talk about a lot of very sensitive topics. Um, we are going to talk about suicide. We are going to talk about homicide. We are going to talk about racism. We are going to talk about homophobia. We are going to talk about misogyny. Um, we are going to talk about sexual violence. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of very sensitive topics, a lot about mental health, a lot about drug use. Um, so just be aware of that. Uh, this is kind of a this is kind of a dense episode. So just know that going into it uh okay hope you enjoy this we're quite proud of it <laughs> hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of cartridge cinema club uh i haven't scripted an intro like i usually do um we are recording an episode of our show because it's our show and we can do whatever we want this episode is going to be us talking about Kanye West for however long we feel like talking about Kanye West and <laughs> and uh, I guess we will go into some of those reasons right now what um, is your name so oh hi my name is Mark Champlin and today I'm joined What's by Alex name? Wallace That's, um, there it is <laughs> the, the, yeah yeah it's, uh. we script for a reason uh, <laughs> yeah, folks girls and gays uh so Alex uh, why don't you kind of kick us off and tell us um, some reasons why um, we should care about Kanye and why you and I care about Kanye. Yeah, I think I think there are going to be a lot. I think a lot of our listeners probably uh, do not give a shit about Kanye West, and we're not asking this uh, for this at all. Um, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people also might be asking, why are we uh, recording an hour plus long podcast about somebody that we both uh, absolutely fucking despise as a human being? <laughs> Uh, he's, he's a complicated figure. He's a, he's a complicated figure. Um, but yeah, I, I think the long and short of it is like, if you listen to any music that has come out in the past 20 years, you listen to something that has been influenced by Kanye West. Unfortunately, um, Kanye <laughs> is probably the most influential artist of the past two decades. Like, straight up. Um, we don't get entire genres of popular music without Kanye West. We don't uh, get to a lot of the music that Mark and I both really love. Uh, mm. We don't get the music of Tyler, the creator. We don't get Frank Ocean. We don't get Earl Sweatshirt. We don't get like a hundred gecks, I don't think, without uh, yeah. without Kanye West. Like the, the amount of influence that he has had on popular music, like kind of cannot really be understated. We also um, don't get uh, popular music that you don't like. We also don't yeah. get Drake. <laughs> yeah, we also don't get Post Malone. Like, listen, like, you don't, hey, you don't hey, get... Hey, 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 I will not stand get, for that. You don't get the Beer... Post Malone Pokemon concert without <laughs> Kanye West. Like... Beer bongs, I will, I, the, the, the chat will, will vindicate me when I say Beer Bongs and Bentleys is a good album anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, and then obviously, um... Kanye West is a very uh, compelling figure, I think, to, to Mark and I. Uh, I think a lot of Mark and I's uh, friendship has been built around talking about Kanye West. 
Yeah, there was the, like late 2017, early 28 or early to mid 2018. Like we would just like, I mean, that's like right before we started getting the inclination to start a podcast together, which started in October of 2018. Yeah. But yeah, lots of our conversations. Like I remember like my long commutes uh, to this shitty job that I hated at the time where I would just be listening to like Kanye albums because like I remember Alex being like, oh, I'm listening to this Kanye album for the first time. And I'd be like, oh, I want to vicariously pretend that this is the first time I've heard it and really look at this from a new lens. And then we would just like, like dish about fucking graduation for the next like entire day at my shitty job. We text about it. Yeah. So yeah. Cause I kind of, I kind of came to this music in a little bit of a strange way because like, if you grew up around when Mark and I grew up, you know, we're 25, 26, um, mm -hmm. like Kanye was unavoidable, you know, like Kanye was everywhere. All of your friends listened to Kanye. Kanye was on the radio. Kanye, like Kanye was unavoidable. You heard Kanye songs, whether you wanted to or not. Yeah. Um, and my impression of Kanye West at that time was, was that pop rap, you know, and mm -hmm. that was just not something that I was particularly interested in. Um, and it wasn't until, um, a now defunct podcast, uh, <sighs> called One Song Only, uh, which was a podcast where they were going through a top 64 Kanye West songs bracket and like describing their personal <laughs> relationships to the music through that process. Um, and that was kind of how I started getting into it because that was the first time that I really heard people like talking about Kanye's music from like a critical and artistic standpoint, because I didn't think that that was something that was worth doing, <laughs> um, because I didn't understand what a compelling artist he is. Um, nothing sounds like Kanye's music. Like nothing does. Like he's influenced so many different people's, uh, uh, sounds, but nothing sounds exactly like what he does. Um, it's also music that I very rarely listen to for fun anymore. Um, because as we'll talk about at length in this podcast, uh, Kanye West is a despicable human being. Um, but because of the ways that he speaks very openly, uh, about bipolar disorder, um, Kanye's music has been the thing that I listen to when I'm like manic and pacing my house. <laughs> um, and it's something that I listen to almost as like a, as like an academic and emotional exercise at this point. Like it's almost not about enjoying the music anymore. It's like the story of Kanye West is just so fucking tragic and is such a, <sighs> This like Kanye's story is such an indictment of capitalism, yeah. and it's yeah. so. It's that's it, really why it fits this podcast, yeah. Like themes so much is because we are you know obviously like like obviously we we approach these fucking video game properties and stuff from like first and foremost an anti-capitalist uh, uh, point of view for the most part, and they're. There's not a there's not an album starting with graduation onward. There's not a goddamn album. There's hardly a song uh, by Kanye that isn't just a scathing indictment of capitalism and and uh, and really just uh, an expo an, ex an exploration of the fact that money and fame uh, destroys human lives. Yeah, like it's like every Kanye album is about a lot of different things, but all of them are also about that. 
<laughs> intentionally or not. Sometimes intentionally. <laughs> Sometimes the album is just called My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's very obviously just yeah. that. And uh, and so I think uh, with Kanye, I think a lot of the times, uh, the, like this is, the, this is the kind of argument I've had with dude bros at parties about Kanye's mm. music where they're just like, uh-huh. well, you have to separate the art from the artist. And it's like... No. First of all, okay. First of all, that's just not something that I I do generally. I I I I prefer to analyze things in the context with under which they're created. You know. Second of all, how the fuck do you separate Kanye from his music? His music is him. Like his 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 self is permeates through his work. It's not like oh this dude composed music for this video game that I like. That's all <laughs> instrumentals, and I like it. But uh, he's kind of a creep on Twitter. You know, it, like, like, how am I supposed to separate the artist from someone who writes a line like, I know I'm the most influential. That time cover was just confirmation. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, that his te- he's just this. It's just his life. Yeah. And I, I, I just yeah, I don't know why you would want to separate the art from the artist that. That, that's I, it's not interesting to me. No, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's much it's more not, interesting to talk about his music in the context of his life because it makes it all the more compelling. Yeah, and, and people will say, like, well, I want to enjoy it. And I'm like, the concept of enjoyment is a funny thing. Because, like, <laughs> am I having fun when I listen to Ye? Like, no. But, like... Is it if, painful? Is it... Is it cathartic? Do I feel do I feel alive when I listen to it? Absolutely. Yeah. Like... It's... Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, know, like... I don't listen to Kanye like I listen to No Name, you know? I listen to No Name because No Name has some smart shit to say about capitalism, you know? Um, yeah, you can't you can't throw on Kanye the way that you throw on uh, some rap songs. Yeah, I, th- I throw on some rap songs like at least once a week and just just fucking vibe. Like, can you listen deeper? Obviously, those the the, the those lyrics hit hard. Like when you actually listen deeply, but it's also there's just no... a bunch of fucking lo-fi samples. And yeah, like there's good. there's no casually listening to Kanye at least for me. Like it's at, okay, like, the first Ka- two albums. I can listen to breathe in, breathe out. If you iced up, I can listen to that like casually. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't listen to any anything past that. No, like this is yeah, this is music to listen to when like I don't know. This Kanye's music is some of the only music list I can listen to and that is the only activity I am doing. Oh my god, seriously. Like, like I, this like, isn't I, playlist. This isn't playlist music. This yeah. isn't like video game this isn't i'm no. grinding an rpg music this is this is this is exercising emotional demons uh music um so yeah and and so and because you cannot separate the art from the artist um every single one of these albums is full of kanye's misogynistic bullshit uh it's full mm-hmm. of kanye's frequently racist bullshit um it's full of kanye's uh just just depressing uh view of politics um and wealth um but also those are some of the things that make them very interesting um and i think that's why we're we're gonna sit down here and talk about kanye for probably a couple hours um yeah at at least an hour yeah Yeah, and i can see this lasting a long time yeah and so um and so sort of the format for the rest of, of this bonus episode is uh, we are going to talk about six Kanye West studio albums. Uh, they are the six solo albums that he released between 2007 and 2018. Um, I listened to all six of these albums back to back today, and 
that was a uh, intense now, emotional journey. Let me fucking tell you. I didn't know you were gonna do that. Yeah. I, well, uh, my preparation for this episode was just over the past like two weeks. I've made my way through most of this, most of these albums, except for the moments on these albums that I've listened to so many times that uh, so recently. You can talk but, about like, them in your sleep. I I can. Like, like, do I need to listen to Power again? Like, I, I, it turns out I didn't need to listen to Power again. I, I needed to have. listen to Power again. You, you I don't were, know you're, about you. You're doing, you're doing the thing that I'm doing right now, which is playing through every Halo game. Yeah, uh, but, but doing that with Kanye <laughs> albums, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, 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 I think I would like it if you could talk a little bit about... Okay, so the first album that we're going to talk about is uh, Graduation. Uh, this is Kanye's yeah. third album. This comes out in 2007. Um, and I would like for you to talk a little bit about, um, like what is the sound of the first two Kanye albums, uh, uh-huh. college dropout and late registration. Um, like who is Kanye West at this point when graduation comes out? Right. So very, very late nineties, um, very early two thousands. Um, Kanye West was a producer, like meaning he like literally like with a drum machine he like chopped up beats and that was what he like wanted to do uh so and he he would just produce he had this signature style that came to become his signature style called like chipmunk soul sampling is what people typically call it where he would basically take like a like an old like soul song or like an old like 70s ballad he would like he would like pitch up the vocals he would add drums and bass and he would like sample like cool like like either jazz or soul or funk uh music and he would make these really luscious like like hip hop and gangster rap beats and he would produce them for people like Jay-Z um so long story short um, Jay-Z and Rockefeller at the time was his uh, record label. They, they noticed him. Um, they, they came to realize that he also could rap. And they gave him, you know, they gave him a shot. He came out with this album uh, called uh, College Dropout. And it, it's Unavoidable just... if you were alive in 2004. <laughs> like, you could this, not, This like... is the album, yeah. yeah. It had Jesus Walks on it, which everyone has heard because it was in the fucking trailer for the Hurt Locker or whatever. Yeah, um, uh, uh, fucking uh, Gold Digger is on that album. You have heard Gold Digger. If you, even if you think you haven't hold, heard Gold Digger, you have. <laughs> yeah, Gold Digger is on late registration, but these two albums kind of mesh together in my mind because yeah, they're both... me as well. Um, yeah, they're both like very early 2000s Kanye. It's Kanye and Hove trading verses back and forth. Um over those like chopped up soul beats yeah um, like late very... registration brings in the sort of like uh orchestral baroque yeah. sound there's a lot of strings on there it's more cinematic um it's definitely more kanye uh the first album um the first album has a lot of features because there it wasn't there just wasn't a lot of faith in what he could do um but then he said um uh, killing y'all n-word on that lyrical shit mayonnaise colored bends i push miracle whip um <laughs> and, everyone and, like, oh, well, and everyone said okay you you can you can just do your own whole album after this and then he put out gold digger and he made a shit zillion dollars so that's where we're at when we come into this album graduation he's one of the biggest like if he's he's grammy winning one of the biggest uh, rappers in the world um, he's already a trendsetter. He's where he was wearing that fucking pink polo. He had the backpack. Um, 
everyone wants to be Kanye. Uh, he's already just inspiring a generation of like kids of like to to get into hip hop. Like he's just yeah. This is like literally directly where Odd Future comes from. Like <laughs> like yeah. The, yeah. the 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 next generation of hip hop that comes after Kanye is in is so strongly influenced by those first two albums and graduation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um so So what yeah. what what makes graduation different from those first two albums? What is distinct about it? Um he you know, it has to have been intentional. I mean obviously it was intentional because it's so consistently like this, but he he just took everything that was like signature about his style and he made it into a pop record like it's a pop rap album from the lyrics to the production um it's got just these glitzy big like cinematic synths it's got these it's got a fucking daft punk beat um it's got a t-pain feature um it's got auto-tune all over the choruses uh for the first time this was during this was like during that same era that like uh Jay Z put out that, that apple really... bottom jeans shit yeah. was happening. Yeah. That's and, when and, this came out. Yeah, Jay Z and... put out that really cringy like this is death of auto tune moment of silence <laughs> song where he was yeah. like get back to rap you t pain in too much. But this was just that was just the the sound like like Ti you can have whatever you like was like the biggest song of that mm-hmm. summer. And this is like a fusion of that sound the like t pain buy you a drink sound with the Kanye soul sample sound. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I wrote about this later on in the notes, but like the song "Champion" is a good example of this because it's it's literally just a chopped up soul sample, but with a big glitzy synth in the chorus, just to say, "Hey, fuck you, I can do both." Yeah, and like this is that, this yeah. is Kanye saying, "Oh, I I need to blow up. I need mm-hmm. like I blew yeah. up, but I need to be the biggest pop star in the world. Like mm-hmm. I need to be the next Michael Jackson, and that's what graduation <laughs> is. And like that is his." That is his energy when he when he is speaking on this album. Like it is, this is a like all Kanye albums. This is a this is a, a, a he. This is a matter. Well, like all early Kanye albums, this is a, an aspirational capitalist album, right? Um, mm-hmm. He is, you know, Kanye West is not necessarily coming out of. Uh, uh, the <laughs> what is maybe considered a more uh, quote unquote authentic place for a hip hop artist to come out of at this time. Like he is not. He says on this album that he's not from the projects, right? Um, and this album yeah. is about <laughs> him talking about like being in like private school and like being too good for books. Um, the, the 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 line. My favorite line on this album is, "I don't know why I need a stylist when I shop so much I can speak Italian." <laughs> Uh, which, yeah. which sums it up <laughs> you know like he is um he's very preoccupied with material things he's very preoccupied with the accumulation of wealth uh at this time um but also it has uh that personal element that people loved so much about kanye in the first place right he is yeah one of the first rappers who is willing to talk about his feelings, <laughs> you know, in a really honest Honestly, way. Like, yeah. and that's, that's real, you know, like it, a lot of the culture in hip hop around this time was about like proving that you had street cred, proving that you were hard. And Kanye West kind of comes out 
and <laughs> says fuck all of that shit. Yeah, it's it also is one of those first uh, one of the one of the very very tail end of like the bling era of hip hop, like the mm-hmm. big like Rick Ross era of hip hop, and he you know he while he is talking about the accumulation of wealth and like money and women and stuff like like a lot of the bling like all of the bling era was uh, in its entirety, he also has just little snippets of like critiquing it. Like I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent it on a necklace. Just like he, it's, it's just, I'm, you know, we'll get into it, but like, it's, it's, it's that it's thing. It's that constant degree of self-awareness with Kanye. Yes. That it's, is frightening. It's, it's, it's horrifying because like he, this is just the, the first time where he was like, I'm either going to die a legend or I'm going to like go crazy and, and be shunned. Yeah. It's <laughs> and lose um, all my money. <laughs> Yeah, there. Uh, so I, I huh, so there's a lot to talk about with, with just graduation. We've got a lot of albums to get through. So, um, can you can you just kind of give me your general thoughts uh, on graduation? Okay, we haven't even gotten to general thoughts. Yeah. Um. <laughs> fuck. Okay. Um. Listen, I was just gonna it's say- gonna be a long podcast. Just accept <laughs> it. We're not even gonna reference the podcast length from this point forward. No. That's just how it's gonna be. The people who wanted this episode want that. Let's just roll with it. <laughs> So, yeah, so this album is, it, but more than any other album of his, maybe, is a product of its time. It also ages the worst out of all the ones that we'll discuss today. And that's because, um, like you said earlier, he was trying to become the biggest artist in the world at that time. And he, this was one of the first and only times where he was latching on to existing trends and mm-hmm. saying, I can do this trend better than anyone else. But... Any other time in his career, for the most part, he said, I'm going to invent this trend, and then everyone else will do it worse than me. <laughs> but, yeah, so this that's the difference between this. So, yes, it does age. It does sound very 2008. Anytime the synths te- are so, are just so middle school the, the sound fucking, to me. You know, like, that's what middle school sounds like to me. Now put your hands up in the sky. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I. that being said, it bangs. Yeah, um, it's I'm great. A pop, I'm a pop it's lover. So I'm not a... I'm not ashamed of it. I love it. Like besides the song drunken hot girls, which is the worst Kanye song of all time. <laughs> and I God, regret, trash. regret even mentioning it. Um, but besides that, th- this song's full of bangers. Um, I love it. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's it. I, this was middle school. This was the first year of high school for me. It was just like, fuck. Yeah. Like I, I was, I, I was, uh, it took me two years past when this released for me to admit that it banged because I was still like, a like little like rage against the machine smashing pumpkins obsessed fucking camo shorts wearing little boy um but but then i eventually discovered kid cuddy and then from then on discovered kanye west and this was the album i first listened to and i was like nah this is this is the best thing ever (laughs) yeah this was um this was the only kanye album that i was familiar with for a very long time like um i it makes sense i mean it was the big one it was it was the one it was the one that i started listening to around the time that i started like legitimately listening to hip-hop which is like you know like sophomore year of college for me Mm. um and so i had heard this album and like obviously i had heard every single fucking radio hit that he had put out you know, since like 2004, <laughs> you know, um, and I thought that this was the Kanye sound. Like I was not aware that there were other places that he had gone artistically and musically after this album. I just kind of thought, yeah, Kanye, he's like the big synth glossy pop songs guy. And, a case, <laughs> and some of his songs kind of have like that soul vibe and I'm kind of into that. But like I, 
Like, you know, because College Dropout also is kind of a pop album. Like, Late Registration a little bit less so. But, like, they, there's a lot... He did a lot of pop songs, you know, yeah. around this time. Yeah. And that was just not something I was particularly interested in at the time. I think... Um, now that I have more of an appreciation for pop music, which is something that happened to me because of hyperpop, you know, that's something that happened to me because mm-hmm. of like Gex. <laughs> um, coming back to this album, I'm like, yeah, no, it's 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 pretty much straight bangers front to back. Like, there's a couple there's a couple missteps, but for the most part, there's some there's some damn good songs on this album. Um, yeah, the, the there there's a lot of good. Um punchlines on this like yeah he's funny on this like while getting while getting some while getting some brain on a plane she said i never seen snakes on a plane <laughs> it's just so many good like little moments like that maybe his most punchlines per uh yeah. punchlines per minute is he, very high on this album like the he's trying so hard this entire God, yes. album like uh-huh. from the production to the like the style trying to suit the tastes of the masses at the time to like, he's constantly trying to pull puns and double entendres in the music and in his lyrics at all times. Like it, there is a lot of like effort on display in this album. Um, so I think, uh, so, so what we're going to do after we sort of like general thoughts on an album, we're just going to go through and like pick through some highlights and maybe a few lowlights <laughs> of each album. Uh, particular songs that we have opinions about um Mm -hmm. i want to talk about good morning uh which is the first song on this album and had like a massive influence on my taste in music and i think like really changed a genre that i care about a lot because like i my favorite genre of music of all time is like art rap basically Mm -hmm. you know i really love alternative hip-hop i really love that fucking grimy jazzy shit i love that lo-fi shit i'm all about it um good morning sounds like a song that no name would put out this year Mm -hmm. like the the so it just like you just feel like you're floating when you listen to it it has this like it has that chorus behind it and it's just like just light as a feather as it moves and it yeah Uh incredible opening to this album like it just it just opens up and feels you feel alive when you hear it like this was the this was the song to do drugs to when i was in college like (laughs) it it yeah it um it had a huge influence on that, that particular track had a huge influence on me personally just the flow is so effortless on that song. Yeah. You got D's, motherfucker, D's, <laughs> Rosie Perez. Yeah, it's the 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 thing about graduation is he'll be like Kanye will be saying shit that is objectively offensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. oh, but he's he's killing it though. It's the thing. It's the it's the it's the pop punk conundrum where you will find that the more misogynist the banger is, the more of a banger <laughs> it happens to be. Yeah, um, it's it's sad. It's um, a problem. Um, <laughs> do you, um do you want to talk about the good life? I literally just wanted to say that T Pain is so good on this song. <laughs> and now my grandmama gone. ain't the only one calling me baby. Yeah. It- I- I wanted to come back. Where's T Pain? Well, I know where I know where he's at. He basically took his two thousands money and lived a good life. Good for him. He, yeah, he, he he called it out on this song. He said, "I'm gonna." Get... Yeah, literally, he, he's he's on like he's on Twitch playing fucking Apex Legends nowadays. Like it's yeah. like he doesn't um, he. <laughs> I ain't got no problem spending all of my money. I just I I. 
T-Pain is a a genius songwriter. He's a genius pop musician. That dude could crank out hits like nobody's business. Like, I mean, I don't know. If you're the type of person that's listening to this and you, like, don't like pop music, you should at least uh, come to appreciate the skill uh, that it takes to uh, put together a successful pop song that bangs. Um, Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of work that goes into that, and it takes a very particular talent to be able to pull that off. And T-Pain and Kanye West are two of the best people in the universe at doing that. And The Good Life is uh, defines that era of music, I would say. Yeah, like there's that, not a single high school. That's what 2007 <laughs> sounded like. It sounded like The yeah, Good yeah. Life. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not a single... Um, oh, there's so much optimism uh, in this song. There's... It, it was it was every junior high and high school dance like yeah. that song because it's so so easily radio edited as well which is <laughs> yeah. which is intentional every pe- every piece of this is intentionally made to to be the number one selling single on iTunes and it yep. was intending to beat uh, fucking Fallout Boy thanks for the memories <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, he and it was did it yeah mm-hmm. yeah um yeah. uh i i would like to briefly talk about or maybe not so briefly we'll see i want to talk about can't tell me nothing um which is another mm. like uh you know like famous pop song from this era um which is I kind wa- of kind of funny because like it's got the most like telling lyrics of a kanye God. song from from the old era it is um this is like the most vivid kanye song from this album i think um, and it's the most re- honest, certainly. Yeah, and it's really, God. Um, I'm I'm gonna specifically call out the line. Um, I guess the money should have changed him. I guess I should have forgot where I came from. Um, which is what happened <laughs> to him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like that's where he's at in his career at this point. And this is and, and this is a position that like a lot of artists find themselves in around like the third album. Um, and it's often when they're very interesting is like right after they get rich and famous. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're still sort of, like, dealing with that. Like, uh, Brockhampton Ginger is also one of those albums where it's, like... Totally. Right after, like, the excitement of becoming famous and moving into, like, oh, some things about being famous are maybe kind of fucked up and horrible. Uh, Um, uh, Wolf by Tyler, the Creator is my, my entry into that. Yeah, and, like, on this song, he is saying out loud, like... No, I'm not gonna. Ch- I'm not gonna let this change me. Isn't that the most Kanye thing in the world of him? <laughs> even back then, having the just having the the type of ego for him to say, "Yeah, I'm built different, though." <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 not. The money's not yeah. gonna change me. Uh, so, so, On this same uh, album, where he's like constantly talking about cars and fashion brands. Yeah. Like... R.I.P. R- R- to Fifty Cent, but I'm built different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus fuck. Um, yeah, I, th- yeah. <laughs> anything else th- you want to say about that that song? Uh, just it's. I mean, it's it's all in that similar vein. There's this. There's a, there's a moment where he says, "I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me." Where it's just another one of those moments where he's like, uh, you know, this fame is getting to my head, but I'm never gonna lose my roots. And it's just, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we will find through the journey of this podcast wasn't the case um three years later <laughs> yeah, fuck. um let's talk about homecoming really quick before we wrap up graduation um i just wanted to talk about this because i think it is like the it is it is the most emblematic of what graduation is because it's a kanye song that has the guy from cold play on the chorus <laughs> is, i feel like every i don't know may, 
we we all knew all the words to this song. Mm-hmm. It's just it's so catchy. I met this girl when I was three years old. <laughs> what a yeah. life! She has so much soul. It's uh, man. It's it's so ca- it is criminally catchy. The beat is like a little off kilter in that it like focuses on one and three instead of two yeah. and four. It's that um, it's that pounding like rolling piano feel that mm-hmm. just yeah it. And it's 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 similar to Can't Tell Me Nothing in that there's a lot of irony uh, in retrospect looking at this song because it's a song where he is talking about Chicago um, as if Chicago was a girl that he is interested in and, like, talking about how fame and wealth has sort of pulled him away from that city and his roots in that city. Uh, and uh, <laughs> he didn't go back. You know, I can tell you that. It's now he's got it's a ranch also, in Wyoming. <laughs> he does have a ranch in Wyoming, man. Yeah. He 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 could have been the John Mayer of rap. Shut the fuck up. Go go to a shut the fuck up. Go to the mountains and put out folk music. But yeah, you know. I think I think we'll talk about that at length <laughs> later. So we'll yeah. yeah. Anything um, else you want to say about homecoming or graduation before we I, move on? You know. Homecoming is just another one of those moments similar to Good Life featuring T-Pain. He he got on one album the biggest like pop slash R&B star and also the biggest rock star of of the time. Mm-hmm. And he got both of them to do a chorus on this album because and, fuck and you. And both of the songs slapped. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. This, yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 graduation. that's graduation. And then. And then. Um, yeah. So shit so, went down. <laughs> Yeah, so now we're in 2008, um, and we are going to be talking about 808s and Heartbreak. Um, so can you tell me a little bit more about some of uh, the context of, like, a little bit about Kanye's life at this point, and, like, what the approach to the sound on 808s is? Sure. Um, I mean, between the time of graduation and 808s, um, his very long-term girlfriend uh, and him uh, broke up and also his mother died. Um, The context for his mother dying, it's important because there are multiple songs throughout his discography where he just gushes about how much he loves his mom and like his aunties and like his family. Yeah. Like those first three (laughs) albums are full. Like literally there is a song called Hey Mama that is about how much he loves his mother uh-huh. Um, there's there's like painful like like moments where like he's doing like an interview like on a stage where his mom is there and he just raps that whole first verse of hey mama like to her and she's just so happy it's just that they're you know it's it's weird to talk about something so personal but when you're a celebrity like kanye west and you are so personal with your music it feels inevitable that like your critiques will also get yeah. as personal so i don't feel as like weird or bad about it, but I think it's very relevant. I mean, yeah. this is, this is, this is like a very dark way to frame it, but it's the truth, which is that like, uh, I think it's important to understand also that like his wealth and his fame was sort of directly led to her death in that. Yeah. He used the money that he had amassed from his success to pay for a series of cosmetic surgeries for her that led to her death um and so i think that adds another layer 
to all of these albums and songs that are really centered around how uh, meaningless and empty fame is. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, so you have that, and you have the breakup uh, going into right. this. And this is like kind of maybe the first breakup album by a rapper maybe <laughs> yeah it, i'm like neither of us are hip-hop historians by any means we just listen to what we like but like for the most part i don't know like that yeah this this is the first this is the first emo trap album <laughs> yeah i mean I, I, so like if you're not aware like i think it's important to say like 808s and heartbreak like the first three Kanye albums have a huge influence on hip hop, like yeah, massive and, and, influence and still on hip hop. Eight Oh Eights changes popular music forever. Yeah, like it. Basically, nothing that you hear on the radio today would sound like it does if it was not for Eight Oh Eights and Heartbreak. Like you do not get Kid Cudi, you do not get Playboy Cardi, you don't get. Drake, you don't get fucking Juice World, you don't get Lil Peep, like you don't get fucking Post Malone, as we said before. Like th- those just do not happen without this album. Um, so if you if you really hate that uh that mumble rap trap shit, uh, you have <laughs> and heartbreak to blame. Um, yeah, because um, it it yeah. just it changed every like this album changed everything. Um, the, in some ways, the, I, I don't particularly love, but you know, you can't no, deny totally. its influence. Totally, the 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 sound of this album when you listen to it, 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 it kind of has to be listened to 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 be understood. But it is like, it's like an alpha slash like like a beta version of like of like Drake's sound. Like yeah. Drake's Drake's sound on when Drake put out Marvin's Room, you, people listened to that and they said, oh, "Okay, we get it." Like this yeah. is what Kanye was going for. Like this and, the, uh, yeah. let's briefly like the 808 sound is a massive departure from all of his previous albums. It mm-hmm. is very sparse. Um sparse is like my the main word I would use for yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, there it, there are such such little like going on. The beats are very spacey. They're airy. It's like four tracks at most. Um <laughs> totally. Yeah. If if you're not aware, the 808 drum machine <laughs> um is a very particular sound that you have probably heard. That sort of pitched bass sound that sounds like a bass drum and also sounds like a bass note. That mm-hmm. is the 808 drum machine, and what that was a synthesizer that had been around for a very long time, uh, but was sort of repopularized uh, during this time and like super brought to prominence by this album particularly. And now the 808, uh, like the 808 bass sound, is in every song ever. <laughs> like it is just yep. everywhere. Totally. Um, and that's what this album is. It is like Kanye. Mostly not rapping, mostly singing, uh, like super auto-tuned up, super layered up on the vocals. Um, yeah, there, there's not a there's not a a sound that Kanye makes with his voice on this album that is not uh, auto-tuned and pitch corrected to sound like singing. Yeah. even the rap songs are singing. Like, yeah, and like the and, and it's like you're gonna get like some 808 drums. You're gonna get like some big acoustic drums sometimes and then you'll get like 
one instrument. It'll be like, this one's mm-hmm. got a piano on it. Or like, this one, <laughs> we're going to put a violin in it. But other than that, it's like, that's it. Um, it's it's so it's it's fucking it yeah it's wild this is the, yeah the, it's what are the, your, the, yeah what are your feelings <laughs> on this album mark let's, let's just get into it yeah um i just for a long time this was my favorite kanye west album and maybe still is um the 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 character of the kanye on this album because each album's got a different kanye there's many kanye's um, and I, I'm, in fact i look i look around and there's so many kanye's <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i there's there's just a lack of like pretense, the uh, pretentiousness, whatever, and just a lot more introspection on this album. It just feels like he made something completely different, um, and this thus began the trend of him doing something wildly different with every album. Like this mm-hmm. was the first time where he was like, uh, like, because up until that point, like, uh, like he basically looked at his critics and said. Ha! Huh, you thought graduation was a departure? <laughs> you are you are but a little boy. <laughs> look look at what I look at how many levels of of synth I'm on, and he and and this thing is just it's yeah, it no, yeah. nothing had sounded like sounded nothing had sounded like this before. It's, and nothing was like tonally like this in hip hop before, which I think is important. Like I, I would like to talk like we talked we touched on this before about like how Kanye sort of influenced how people think about hip-hop and masculinity. Um, yeah, this widened the net of, like, ex- this widened the um, the Overton window of, like, hip-hop topics. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre how Kanye West is quite possibly the most cishet man who has ever lived. <laughs> and yet... He, he is the super straight. He's the yeah. only one. <laughs> <laughs> and yet this album opens the door for queer people to make hip-hop god right simply because and like obviously like kanye's career in general and like the way that he talks about his personal feelings the way he talks about relationships in his music like 808s allows frank ocean to come out later yeah i think because 808s redefines what's acceptable for a rapper (laughs) to present yeah, the, the Brockhampton boys heard memories made on the coldest winter. Goodbye, my friend. Will I ever love again? And they were like, oh, the, we're, we are <laughs> Kanye, that's kind of gay. <laughs> that, that shit's gay, first of all. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, that was a lot of the, like, pushback and hatred of Kanye West from, like, a lot of the hip-hop community around this time. Was totally. Like, Fuck Kanye, that fucking fag. Like... literally he he wore he like he he came out the gate wearing colorful clothes um literally like saying in interviews that like you shouldn't be homophobic in your music um and and then just making this album which when i say widened the net uh, i also mean this this widened the net for like what is called hip-hop it widened the net of the genre people at the time said oh he doesn't make hip-hop anymore he makes pop yeah, but like, like this was this is like an electro pop album. It's like really not yeah. like there is like a hip hop song on this album and it's amazing. That's that's the name <laughs> of the song, but also it is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the, and like the the only like traditional sounding like rap song on this is Paranoid and it is a 80s synth dance song. There <laughs> yeah. the, it, it's not a rap song. He he raps on it, but it's but like, you know, this is this is the type of album that, you know, uh uh, Drake or Juice World puts out, you know, every year, and people still call it hip hop. Yeah. Um, which is yeah. 
you know, genres aren't real. Also, we this that's a different podcast. I'm yeah. not going to go into that. But genres aren't real. Uh, so I think this was just one of the steps toward uh, toward g- g- I almost said gender abolition, genre abolition, which I yeah, think we both I mean, agree have our ties to each yeah, other. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it breaks the bounds of like what you were allowed to do as a popular artist. Yeah. Uh, and the and the range of sounds you were allowed to commit yourself to, um, uh-huh. yeah, I don't know. This album definitely not one of my favorites. I would say of the six that we listened to for this podcast, it's probably my least favorite of those. But like, mm. also we don't get uh, "Blonde" by Frank Ocean without this album. So yeah. you know, I have to pay my respects. If 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 eight oh eight's a heartbreak has to come out and I have to listen to that shitty Post Malone song all the goddamn time on the radio, but we get Nights by Frank Ocean out of it, I'm cool with that. That's fine. <laughs> Just, I mean, yeah, like, like listen to the song Solo by Frank Ocean. When I say that these songs are sparse, Frank Ocean took it to the logical conclusion of, no, it's actually, it's just an organ. Yeah, like, like we're you going to do just an organ. Frank Ocean, like, Frank Ocean takes 808s and says, sure, but what if we just got rid of the drums altogether and it's just me being amazing at singing and rapping? He's like, I'm going to make a hip-hop song. It's going to be called Self-Control. It's about gay sex, and the only instrument is a single electric guitar. Yeah, and like, you don't get to that point until you have... Yeah. Unless 808 happens. Um, yeah, so this album starts with the song Say You Will, which mm-hmm. is... It's more sparse than the spaciest Drake song ever conceived. <laughs> if you listen to the verses... And uh, again, keep in mind, this is the first song on a Kanye West album. Like, Yeah, it, who is known for like his <laughs> lush, like massive production. Like the, huge sound, big, yeah. like huge synths, big fucking like big persona you know and this is so this is such a whiplash from that this is so understated in comparison <laughs> i i'm going to describe the beat of this song there is um a synth uh playing a vocal chorus sample uh there is an 808 playing boom on beat one of every verse uh, i mean of every measure there is a tom and a heart monitor provides uh, the the hi hat equivalent, uh, going beep, boop. Um, that's the entire beat for the whole song. That's that's the song. The, this is this this is unheard of. When the chorus hits, he adds uh, a piano a piano chord, uh, and that's that's just the thesis statement for the album. It's, he's just said like, I'm gonna make you feel like emotions with the with the simplest uh tools uh ever conceived for a hip-hop album and it's yeah it is really something the the influence that this song has on like trap and also like hyper pop is crazy because it's like oh you can use auto-tune to sound fucked up you can use auto-tune, like, you know, and, like, Kanye is obviously pulling from things here. He's pulling from that fucking Imogene Hape song, oh, uh, Hide yeah. and Seek, you know, like, yeah. that. it's not, like, unheard of to use auto-tune in this sort of, like, down-tempo way, but the way that he embodies that throughout this album just totally changes the game for how people think about how you use this instrument, because that's what it mm-hmm. is, you know? Yep. And it's an instrument that a lot of people, like, just have, like, a sort of like uh like an i don't want to say knee jerk you know some people people have their taste but like there are a lot of people who are like oh this has auto-tune in it so it's garbage i don't want to listen to it because that's fake and it's like well no 
this is a tool that you can make use to make something sound like both deeply like intimate you know it sound it has that it can have that like you're talking to somebody on the phone late at night kind of quality to it while also sounding deeply impersonal in that very same way sounding very distant and sounding very mechanical and like you know that has been the defining sound of the past decade and it's largely because of this album um do you want to talk about streetlights <laughs> yeah streetlights is a it's a um it's a, it's a song that I feel like a lot of people... You, It's either your favorite Kanye song or you don't think about it ever. Yeah, or um, you hate it. <laughs> or, or you hate this fucking song. Uh, mm. It's like... I don't know. It's, it's one of those songs... It's hard to describe. Uh, it's it's a it's a 3-4... Uh, uh, like it's like it's a, a pop 3-4 tempo. It's a pop ballad. Yeah. It literally sounds... The lyrics sound like a, like a, bon, like a Bonnie Vare song. And the production sounds like it was produced by Phoebe Bridgers in 2020, um, and it came out in 2008. Yeah, uh, it's it is so ahead of its time that people just like didn't know what the fuck to think of it. But I then, hated this song when I first heard it. Yeah. I thought it was he, trash. <laughs> I, I really didn't like it. And then uh, the I don't know. It's the thing that really does it for me now. Like coming back to it, um, is the way it's like you can hear his voice in there crystal clear like almost not pitch corrected at all like you can hear him singing in there and then beneath that there is all of this noise and sound and like just layers and layers and layers of his like auto-tuned way pitched down voice rumbling beneath him and that feeling of like speaking when there is something a lot when there is static in your head Mm-hmm. Uh, is really evocative in this song. I would say I still don't love this song, but that sound uh, is employed in a lot of songs that I really do love, and it, it, you don't get there without streetlights. The the lyrics also, um, you know, they adhere to this theme as well, where you, the, the, this song has like three lines of lyrics and it's a hip-hop song it, it, it's i mean it's the, not the, it's like a, it's an indie pop song it's, this is a it's song not that a hip-hop you listen song. to while you're sitting on the back of the bus looking out the window after a shitty day of high school like that's that's the, what this song is this is a kanye who, modern kanye would never say uh do i still have time to grow and like i know my destination but i'm just not there because modern kanye is not like working toward uh something either emotionally or uh you know with his work with his art uh this was a this was a kanye that was still you know what was that thing austin walker said this kanye is still chasing the bus yes Yeah. yeah this is a kanye who is still chasing something and uh and this song is really powerful because it just feels like him saying like I'm fucked up. My life is like fucked up. So many bad things are happening to me. Um, but I know that I'm going to get there. And there's just a, there's just a desperate, like hopefulness, but like calm in the middle of a storm type of feel in this song. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. You wanted to talk about Pinocchio story. Which I is do like want to talk about track, Pinocchio story, but it's, it's a bonus track, but it, you know, it, it it's, it's a, it, it belongs. It, it's part of the album. It, I had forgotten about this song because um, I hadn't listened to 808s in a very long time because it wasn't an album I particularly cared for. Um, 
And I heard it again today, and I was like, oh, shit, this sets up the entire rest of his career. Yeah, this sets up the rest of his life. It's hard. It's a hard listen. It's rough. So this is a song (laughs) where he is... It's it's called Pinocchio story because he's literally saying like I wish I could be a real boy like I wish I could be normal I hate like being famous is fucking terrifying I hate this pressure I hate feeling like I can't trust people and it's a live track and he's performing it in front of like a stadium and you can just and it's like he he will say something like deeply upsetting and personal like you know he'll he'll he talks about like how frustrated he is with being famous and then it's immediately followed by like someone screaming Woo! like it's so dark dude like this song yeah. is so fucking dark um and it pretty much sets the tone for like where he's gonna go from here um so i think just with that in mind, let's go into My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which comes out in 2010. Um, so, like, a little bit about the context of this album. Uh, this is this is considered by, I think, most people to be Kanye's best album. This is considered by most people to be, like, his magnum opus. This is, a lot of people consider this the greatest thing he's ever done. I don't think Mark or I either agree with that, but I understand why Mm -hmm. people think that. Um, I think it's, it's place in his catalog and what he does with this um, is probably like, you know, probably the most significant, like most complex musical achievement of his career. Maybe. Um, Yeah. Easily. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This album is made in a studio in Hawaii uh Kanye is kind of like pulled out of the public eye a bit around this time um he's just bringing all his homies into this weird studio <laughs> um yeah. yep. he's barely sleeping like he's like taking like 40 minute power naps and re- and like over the course of like a month or two recording this album people are just coming in and out like showing up for a couple days recording stuff leaving bunch of different people are working on this volume bunch of different producers are working on this album bunch of different people who are just finding samples for him and all of this stuff it is this is like this album is like a massive group effort all kind of all kanye albums are in a lot of ways but this one especially is sort of seen as this like it is it is a sort of a project of grand design this is like <laughs> a this is a big album in a lot of ways it is a it is a yeah, it's 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 prog rap, baby. <laughs> um, Literally, it's prog rap. That's that's the best way to. <laughs> There's there there is a lot of guitar on this thing. You yeah, know, it's, there really is. Um, yeah, it is sort of like musically, it is a return to form in some ways, and it is an expansion on that form in a lot of ways because it mm-hmm. is sort of like a retelling of those first three albums like a retelling of college dropout of late registration and graduation where he's taking that you know lush beautiful floating kanye west sound um filling it out as much as possible just spreading out to every corner of the waveform touching every inch of your brain with this with just every element of this production like everywhere that 808s is sparse and empty dark twisted fantasy is like 
overwhelming. It is it is yeah. cranked to eleven. It is just like a wall of sound and noise coming at you. Um, yeah, it's interesting because there I don't know of any other albums that sound like this. Um, and I think the primary reason for that is because it's very expensive to sound like this. You know, I like described some of the like creative process behind this, you know, like when you can afford to pay for any samples you want, when you can afford to pay a bunch of people to just look for samples for you all the time, when you can pay for Pusha T to fly out to Hawaii and hang out with you for a few <laughs> days and record some good ass verses, you know, you can make yeah. an album that has that just like a, a fullness to the sound that is hard to replicate and because this album doesn't influence popular music the way that 808s does it kind of is sort of one of a kind in a way like i think like some of kendrick's albums sort of sound like this but it doesn't have the sort of like kitchen sink aspect that that twisted fantasy has where it's like you never know what next sound you are going to hear on this mm -hmm. album you never know what next mood you are going to hear on this album um yeah it's um it's also like i think our first glimpse into like full-on megalomaniac kanye like just been famous for long enough that it's completely gotten to him kanye um yeah it's it's a lot what how do you, yeah how do you feel about my beautiful dark twisted fantasy mark man this album uh was it was a cultural reset that like at first i was like you had to be there but it's like no you didn't even have to be there for it because you can just listen to this album and you can tell exactly what the fuck i mean because it still sounds like a reset it's it's just a massive flex on the entire entertainment industry. <laughs> yeah. Like this movie, it, I said movie, but I, what I mean to say is this album is like a movie. It's in every, it's in every way. It's budget is like a movie's budget. It's like a fucking new star Wars movie. Every, <laughs> yeah. every song sounds like the theme song to a different movie. Every track is like cinematic enough to like be like the story of a film. It, each song has like a fucking three act structure, even like the less memorable songs, like, like the obvious, uh, are like, like power or monster. There's these very clear, you know, delineated moments where, you know, like we're going to begin with like this attitude and then Bon Iver is going to do this bridge where it, he brings it down. And then this is a really dark moment. And then Nicki Minaj is going to bring us back up with this fucking insane verse that Kanye made her rewrite 18 times or whatever the story is. And yeah, this is... yeah, it's the, yeah. Like, like you said, this album is brought to you by money and, <laughs> um, and the, there's just this the the Kanye character on this album is someone who knows that they are going to succeed in everything they touch. This is like this is like Kanye with the Midas touch. Like he he's he's been doing this long enough. He knows he's about to drop the greatest album of all time. Yes. He's been doing this long enough that he knows exactly how to make the best album of all time and then he just decided to do it now. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's it is uh it is it is an undeniable artistic achievement. I think even yeah. if you do not like hip hop, 
like just go listen to like the instrumentals from this album it it's... i got so many of my high school like like douchebag like rock music like fan friends into hip-hop with this album yeah. i would just i would be like hey they interpolated uh he he he, he interpolated uh that the um the song iron man by black sabbath and turned it into a song about having sex with a porn star and they were like okay that's slightly interesting and looking back oh that's actually the worst song on the album but it still is <laughs> and it's still massive it still slaps it's still yeah it's, oh, it still has a giant it, it could still be a movie like yeah fuck. like this is this is definitely not my personal favorite kanye album and i also don't think that it is the best one but you just can't deny it like it is you can't you listen to it and it's just like oh man this is fucking sick like it's just it's so much um i think we're, yeah. we're gonna talk about a bunch of the songs on this album so let's just go through them um let's start let's start off with the intro um which is uh dark fantasy um which is a song that opens with Nicki minaj uh reading like a modified version of like the grim fairy tales intro and so she's essentially saying like like what what kanye is saying with this like storybook intro from Nicki minaj is like everything that i have told you on my albums about my life and my story is true but it's not all of it and on this album i'm gonna give you the real shit um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he necessarily does as much as he does later on in his career, but it is definitely like the, this is the album where he kind of starts going a little bit more mask off and saying things that you, you can't say when you're not famous. He's, st this is the point where he realizes that he can say whatever he wants and no one is going to stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, yep. I don't know. And, and any true. particular like the rest of that song just slaps. I don't know. Kanye's just on it. Starting starting your album with I remember dreaming about this back in Chicago just yeah. fucking ugh, ugh. Just feels like gets you excited about what this album is going to be. Um yeah, I don't know. Any the, other thoughts <laughs> on that song? Um the 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 moment when the cultural reset began was when he says DJs need to listen to the models. You ain't got no fucking Yeezy in Serato. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and also um, the 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 outro to this song where he says I'm just gonna read this because it's just so like dark. He says at the mall there was a seance, just kids, no parents. Then the sky filled with herons. I saw the devil in a Chrysler LeBaron. And the hell it wouldn't spare us, and the fires did declare us. But after that, took pills, kissed an heiress, and woke up back in Paris. Like, <laughs> this is a, a hip-hop album, dude. It's, what the it's, fuck? Yeah, it's one of the first times he, he starts talking about, like, spirits and demons yes, around uh -huh. him. And that will become more and more of a theme in his work as we go on. Um yeah, this yeah, is I mean, the, this is the big. Yeah, the, this is the first like manic Kanye album. Yeah, and, but he's so he he's still channeling it to the point where he like feels like he has full control over it. Although in lots of songs he makes references to like like he's he's like my childlike creativity is being clouded by these grown thoughts. He's like losing his grip on like what he thinks makes him him, yeah. and he's talking about it, and uh, it's it's a dark yeah. dark album. <laughs> 
it's it i mean it's also that opening song also has the line too many urkels on your team that's why your wind's low so yeah. <laughs> you know and that's what kanye west is right it's like wildly whipping you between <laughs> like look know. like a fat booty celine dion sex is on fire i'm the king of liana lewis <laughs> yeah like you can't and because because that's what it's like man that's what it's like yeah. to be fucking on one <laughs> God, it's true. I should change my Twitter name to Fat Booty Celine Dion. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, fuck. Uh, Let's talk about Power. Um, Power is such an interesting song to me uh, because it's it's another song that you've heard. You maybe think you haven't heard it, but you have. Um, this you is heard song- this song in, in 2011 when the Patriots made a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, like this is a song. That, I don't know. It's so fascinating to me because this is a song that was like played in car commercials. Um, that is about how no one should be as rich as powerful as Kanye West is. Um, yep. And he's probably going to kill himself or become a horrible person because of that. Whoop. Yeah, that I mean, that's uh-huh. what the, like that is what power is like. The whole in outro where he's saying this would be a beautiful death. I'm dropping out the window. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, no it's, one I man mean, should I, have all that power. Not, none. The 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 outro where he literally says, "Yeah, this would be a beautiful death." Jumping out the window, letting everything go. Do you have power to let power go? Um, it it. it, it you know, me listening to this on the bus, bobbing my head at age 17, it, it it did not hit me like how dark this fucking it's, song is. It's it's like, it's a description of the trajectory of the rest of his life, you know, yeah. in a lot of ways where he's saying like, you know, I will either, I will either fizzle out and die or I will become a monster. And we ended up with the latter. <sighs> Yeah, um, really did. Uh, you want to talk about? Who, yeah, it's just impossible to help him at this point. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that stuff more later. Oh, yeah, uh, we the will. themes of power will be will become more and more yeah. relevant as we get through this podcast. But let's talk about Devil in a New Dress, which I don't have anything like profound to say about it. it just fucking slaps, and I wanted to it's talk just, about it. It's just the best beat that he ever made in his life. It, he didn't even make the, it. Oh, oh! I thought he made it. No, Wait, like it's like it? it's like a bink, and someone else did it. But like, you know, it's it is his sound. Like, "Devil in a New Dress" he, is yeah. the soul sample sound, but brought to its logical, yeah. Instead of being like upbeat and catchy, it's like a slow ballad. With that, the first uh, this song, like this song, like stuck with me from the first time I heard it. I listened to it like hundreds of times after the first time I heard it because the sound of the chop, like the chopped samples in this song, like it, it does something in my brain, man. Like hypnotizing. There is no purer, more beautiful sound than the, like the, the way that the samples come together on devil in a new dress. It's just something else, man. There's a, the, 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 I was listening to it today. I did listen to this one today. And there's a, there's a certain musicality to this where there is a constant tension, and then we get it. We get such a good like release every couple bars when when it re- when the the when the loop resets, um, because it's it's like a the the song is is uh, not important, but but it, yeah, it, like the help. lyrics of the song are Kanye is being <laughs> bitter and heterosexual. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what the song's about, but that's not the, important. The, the um. 
the the musical key that this is in is um is um a flat minor right mm -hmm. um and so but like the the you think of the song and you think of just that beautiful like major e chord mm -hmm. until it goes down to the minor chord right after and it goes seven seven what and then it's just that minor chord and it keeps going major minor major minor over and over and over again and then until it goes dun 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 and it resets the loop and you finally get the you finally go back to the tonic on that song but he, but he makes you wait yeah and and when that when that like when that sample yeah. hits where it says yeah, like that really yeah. clean moment it just like god yeah, it's euphoric. And then there's a guitar solo in it. <laughs> there's a fuck. There's multiple guitar solos on this album, but this one is like maybe the <laughs> most the memorable because it's it it's got it's got the fucking if you're a guitar like nerd like think of like it's just like it's got like like a big fuzz pedal and also like a chorus pedal on mm -hmm. and also it's doing uh, an octave pedal and it's just playing the 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 vocal melody of the sample and then just doing embellishments on top of it and it's just the it it is the raddest shit you've ever heard and then and then Rick, Rick Ross, Ross fucking <laughs> punches through that shit with the best Rick Ross verse of all time probably oh my god i fuck i don't i don't even want to talk i don't want to save lines from this cuz i just won't do it justice you have to listen yeah, to it yeah i i the only the only <laughs> one that i feel i can say is uh so many cars dmv thought it was mail fraud yeah. <laughs> which is like that's like to me is like the purest example of like look i'm a socialist obviously yeah. I, I hate the aspect of hip hop where like a lot of it is just about like uh you know the acquisition of wealth and material things but so many cars DMV thought it was mail fraud is a great fucking line. I, there's, yeah, I, okay, I will shout out my two favorite moments are, uh, well, besides the first moment, which I don't want to say, but um, also when he says, uh, stretch limousine, sip and rose all alone mm -hmm. is like, he he really summed up the feeling of listening to like this, this album. particular album. Yeah, when he says uh, "spinning te Teddy Pendergrass vinyl as my J burns," yeah. like that's how you feel when you listen to to Devil in a New Dress. I'm making um, love to the angel of death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's catch your feelings, never stumble, retracing my steps. Yeah, it's never a lot. Stumbled. It's a lot. It's a great that Devil in a New Dress is like a top like three Kanye song for me. Probably, I love it. You know what's uh, in my top three? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about Runaway. Runaway. Um, Runaway. Is, so I did the Kanye bracket in that uh, before before I knew about the podcast, I I had listened to enough Kanye in my life. I was already like a massive like Kanye fan. I I had annoyed multiple coworkers with my <laughs> fandom uh, at this time. But the bracket came out during March Madness 2018. And I did the bracket, and the winner of grand finals of my bracket, grand finals for the record for me, was Runaway versus Ultralight Beams, and I chose Runaway at the time. Now, looking back, I would choose Ultralight Beams now, but, so, you know, science dictates that Runaway is my favorite Kanye West song. <laughs> it's a, it is an eight-minute long nine minute I think. not it, okay you're right you're right it should be longer i'll say it no um it's a it's a nine minute long uh quote-unquote song uh when i say that it's just because the actual song is the first four to five minutes if if not less and then the rest of it is kanye um doing an auto-tuned crooning slash moaning 
Um, yeah, it's the out, Kid Cudi sound. He's doing he's doing the his best mm, Kid Cudi sound <laughs> yeah. um, over a full string orchestra, um, and it sounds fucking gorgeous. And the rest of the song is well, not the rest. The the song is kind of up and down lyrically. It it, it has mo- its moments of self awareness, but then. You it's, know, a, it's a lot of bitter heterosexual Kanye. It's, it's bitter heterosexual Kanye and yeah. even bitterer, even heterosexual or Pusha T saying. Pusha What's T that? on Runaway is such a strange choice to me. Like, okay, yeah. like, like Pusha T on So Appalled makes perfect sense. Like, Pusha T sounds like a supervillain whenever he is rapping. You feel like Pusha T is lowering you into a shark tank whenever he's rapping. And, like, Runaway is this, like, extended, like, pop ballad. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pop ballad <laughs> about how it. it's just a pop ballad about how he's like bad with women and he knows that they're all going to run away eventually because he's he's just like sucks and he's like, you know, it's a toast to the douchebags, a toast to yeah. the assholes. And I, he's I, like, I, and, but then Pusha com- and it sounds self-aware, but then Pusha comes on and is like, yeah, he said all that shit. I'm even worse and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You should leave if you can't accept the basics. And is he's just like, yeah, I did it. All right, all right, I admit it. Now you got to- two choices: relax or live with it. It's just like, <laughs> I have money. You could, you could. Uh, every every watch, every bracelet comes with a price, baby. Face it. You should leave if you can't accept the basics. Yeah. Like I'm gonna be an abusive, manipulative piece of shit. Uh, but I'm also rich and famous, so if you don't want to deal with it, you can, there's the door. I mean, that and is the like, theme of every Kanye album, so Pusha T was... Is, <laughs> and, like, you know, you kudos to Pusha T. honest about it, because, like, Kanye's yeah. full of shit, <laughs> you know? Yeah, he'll just... This is, this, is, this is him saying the Kanye verse, the quiet part loud. Yeah, because Kanye's saying doing, the quiet like, part loud. Because the the Kanye the Kanye's chorus on this like does get to me the like and I always find it I always find something wrong you've been putting up with my shit for way too long like totally that yeah man that's what it feels like like it's real so, but yeah. also yep. yeah it's I'm I so I'm not as much of a fan of Runaway <laughs> which is kind of a point of a contention for me and Mark like I like I think it's a cool song I love the sound of Runaway but I don't love I don't nine minutes love the sound of Runaway um, I could. I could listen to that that outro forever. It's this that that's my that's my that's my uh, lowering me into the casket song. They, they could just the 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 um man. I know the, the part you're talking about. It's like once that outro started, it's like the baroque strings come in. That it's, it's just when like, the strings like like just, you, you thought you thought it was get you thought it was getting toward the end. Then the strings come in and it resets completely. It completely resets the momentum, and you realize there's three minutes left. And it's just I I thought that moment was great. Yeah, but. I it's I respect <laughs> Runaway, but it's you know it's it's definitely kind of a goofy song in a lot of spots. Um, it's it's very silly. Speaking of songs that are bad, <laughs> yeah, I this, man. So this, blame game. <laughs> that this song. I'm so angry that this song is the way that it is. Well, because first of all, it's just a subpar, angry heterosexual breakup ballad. Yeah, um, you could have you could have cut this from this. The 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 themes of Blame Game are better stated on Devil in a New Dress. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But um, then at the end of the song, there he has Chris Rock do this skit uh, that. Goes that minutes it, it, it's like a goofy chris rock skit where he's just improvising 
really really silly like like sexual like jokes about Dude, having so sex with Kanye's funny. with Kanye's ex. It's not funny and it's 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 so not funny that it becomes deeply memorable. It's deeply memorably not funny. Like there are so many parts of that that like I wish I could take out of my brain. Like, <laughs> the you like, taught me thing. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the you I was I, parts of yo. Yeah, I never. <laughs> I, I was she got the shit reupholstered. I'm just yeah. like I'm so upset that I know this. I <laughs> yeah. It's, it's neg. It is negative knowledge to know that yeah the the blame game i think is the only skipper on this album you just like Mm -hmm. you can i mean you can listen to the song part it's fine john legend is there he kind of sucks but you know he's there um you know kanye's being bitter heterosexual but when he is when he (laughs) what isn't he um but yeah that outro goes on for like a long time so i usually just like listen to like the first two minutes of blame game and then i'm like oh here comes chris rock done (laughs) moving on he says i heard the whole thing it's like oh skip (laughs) (laughs) um uh, the last song that I want to talk about for this album, um, is, like, barely a song. It's, like, just, like, a one-minute outro at the end of this. It's called Who Will Survive in America. Um, it incorporates a spoken word poem by Gil Scott Heron, and it is sort of... This is another interesting last song on the album, because I think it, uh, shows the trajectory that he's about to go next. Um... Because this is uh, this is Kanye playing revolutionary, which is a thing that he has been wont to do in the past. Uh, Late Registration is an album that uh, he made while, you know, being around a lot of people like Common and other, like, conscious rapper types who were thinking about things. And so, you know, like, Late Registration has a song on it called Crack Music that's about mm-hmm. how uh, Ronald Reagan <laughs> caused the crack epidemic. And also that, like like, compares the, like, grind of hip-hop to the grind of selling drugs. Uh, and, like, Who Will Survive in America is a song that interpolates a poem about, uh, someone calling out, like, the white leftists at his college, basically. Yeah. Um, and that is sort of what he is signaling for Yeezus. <laughs> um, before we move on to Yeezus, is there anything else you want to say about, uh, Dark Twisted Fantasy before we talk about no, I, I, I front-loaded my feelings on this thing, uh, and I I think if there's any, if there's, like, an, a, a if you don't know shit about Kanye, if there's an album to start with, I really would say this is the one, because yeah. this is, it's the easiest to listen to, I feel like, because it's just every song is, like, a pop song and also a very good rap song, and it's also extremely well-produced. It's just, it's, it's, it's Kanye running on all cylinders. Um, yeah. Now we, yeah, I'm, but I, that being said, I'm ready to move on to Yeezus. Um, man. I'm so excited to talk about Yeezus. I, my, the, I just, the way that Yeezus was, was one of those albums, uh, just historically. So, you know, like artists that like say, oh, my album drops in a week is so common now that it's not like an event. But when Kanye West did that in 2013, oh, I have a whole album. It's ready. It's dropping in a week. I'm going to be on SNL this week. Um, that was absolutely ridiculous. It was bonkers. And then he played Black Skinhead. And I was a Kanye fan at that point. Um, I was a big Kanye fan. I had loved Dark Twisted Fantasy and uh, 808s. So I stayed up like past my bedtime because I was like, go to school at 6 a.m. And I watched that performance. 
And I've never been more like shocked in my life <laughs> at a musical yeah. performance than him coming off of coming off of Dark Twisted Fantasy and then playing Black Skinhead as his first taste of of yeah, this new let's, sound. <laughs> let's fucking talk about Yeezus, man. Um, so a little bit of the context for this album. Um, Kanye disappears for like three years, basically. Doesn't like so he put out two albums the year that Dark Twisted Fantasy comes out because he also put out a double album or or, or like a, a duo album with Jay Z called Watch the Throne, which also is a very good album, but is not a Kanye solo album, so we're not going to talk about it on this show. Um, and then in 2013, Yeezus comes out and Kanye makes this album in like less than a month. <laughs> And based on reading about the creative process behind this album, it's pretty safe to assume that he was basically manic the entire time. Um, I guess to clarify, what I mean by that is Kanye suffers from bipolar disorder, something that we will talk about more on this podcast, and was basically on the up for the entire production of this this album. and he at some point gets in his head fuck all these people um during the production of this album fuck what they expect from me fuck pop music fuck the music industry fuck all of these people i'm gonna make something that pisses them off (laughs) Um, and he takes his original rough draft of this album, which is like three hours long, um, and brings it to Rick Rubin, who is a record producer who has produced a ton of, uh, like the most important hip hop albums of all time. Um, and tells Rick Rubin, you get final say on this mix, but you're only allowed to remove things. Um, and that, and that doesn't just mean you can take songs out. It means you can take elements out of the mix. Um, and so similar to 808, this becomes a very sparse album. Um, it's, it is not the lush soul sample Kanye sound. Um, but it's also not 808s because 808s is like, 808, those are still pop songs. This is an industrial hip-hop album, and it mm-hmm. fucking rules. I love this album so much. I, I saw someone on TikTok the other day say he was giving a, 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 uh, he was giving a video about like how to get into Death Grips, and he says, well, the first step to get into Death Grips is listen to Yeezus by Kanye West. It is yeah. the soft <laughs> intro to everything that Death Grips has ever done. Yeah, it is, this album was future music. Yeah, like this kind. Of, this comes out in 2013. Um, that's around the same time that Sophie starts releasing music. Um, yeah. Sophie, who, who, whose influence basically leads to hyperpop and the like, sort of grimy noise, bass boosted sound that is becoming mm-hmm. more and more popular right now. Um, it's. <laughs> This is this is also the first like new Kanye album. This is yeah. this this is like a clean break. This album is the clean break that starts the new era for the Kanye. new era yeah. of Kanye. It's not the decade break. People always say if you could only take the 2000s or the 2010s of Kanye, which would you take? It doesn't really make sense to say that because the 2010s also yeah. have dark twisted fantasy, but this is a different era. <laughs> this is different. Yeah, and it, it's like 
the comp the compositions become more complex here. Like we we sort of talked a little bit about like the the sort of kitchen sink aspect of of dark twisted fantasy and how like there is a storytelling. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a there's a there's a hand of storytelling through each song. It feels like it has act structures and stuff. Like Jesus takes that and creates the new like Kanye ethos, which is like you never know what's gonna happen next on this album. Mm-hmm. And I am going to create sounds that you have never heard before. God, yeah. <laughs> that, that, I mean, that's. Um, my, my general thoughts on this album is that if, if, if it, if, if Kanye as a person interests you now that you have heard us talk about this, I recommend you listen to his 2013, uh, just after Jesus came out interview with Zane Lowe. Um, he, that's there every like funny, like, like gif from an interview of Kanye comes from this interview, but it's not just that, like, like, yes, he says, I like some of the Gaga songs. What the fuck does she know about cameras in this, in this interview? But he also says like, like if you're a fan of Kanye, you're not a fan of me. You're a fan of yourself. I, uh, you're a fan of your own self-esteem. I'm just the espresso that gets you up in the morning. I just want to get you doing what you need to do. And it's just, he was just in such a, such a strange, like such a manic place on this album, but yeah, like, like he the, was speaking so much truth to power at the same time about his industry. Yeah. We'll talk a lot about that yeah. as we get into it. Like it's, it, he's the, the way that people describe being around him at this time is yeah. like, like, pe- like people say like being in the booth with him while he was recording Jesus was like, there was something primal going on with him. Like he is like, pulling something deep from within inside him and is at like this this album is at a hundred percent intensity for 45 minutes like yeah. it is which so... is very very short for him there's like yeah. 10 tracks on this album or like 11. yeah yeah um yeah i think this is my favorite kanye album um mm-hmm. i think it's also maybe the best kanye album period um, I think it's the most coherent statement that he has ever made as a musician. Um, and I think it's also, it is. it is the closest he has ever been to being politically coherent. Um, it, by, fu- it, by fucking far. By far. And it is, it's very focused. It is, it, it like, it is so clear what his intent was and the intent comes across crystal clear and is there from start to finish. I mean, it's just. Yeah, but like this album, every song makes me fucking just grab my head and just start like moving yes. and like screaming. Like it's just, yeah. it's yep. so intense to listen to this album. I um, remember the first moment I heard this album, I was like, "Oh my god!" Dude, I like I so- didn't, I didn't get it. Like I, I was- didn't like <laughs> the first time I heard this album. Like I don't know, it really brings to mind the phrase like, "I don't know how to listen to this." Which is, I think, the yeah. phrase that some people could use to, to adapt into their vocabulary with, about music that you are new to or don't really care for. It's like, the first time I heard Yeezus, I didn't listen to a lot of, like, noise music. I didn't listen to a lot of anything with, like, industrial elements or anything like that. And I heard Yeezus and I was like, yeah, okay, it's Kanye and he's kind of doing the Run the Jewels thing, I guess. I don't really get it. <laughs> and then I came back to it after, uh, like, two years of, like, hyperfixating about hyperpop. <laughs> um... Yeah. And now I've li- I've been listening to Jesus a lot lately. Um, yeah. 
of also because I have been having brain problems, but I have, yeah, this, I have been, I have been running this one front to back a lot lately. Um, yeah, let's talk about some of the tracks. You want to talk about On Site? Yeah, so this, this album starts, so, um, in the interview, he, he reveals that the original first track of this album was Blood on the Leaves, and he said, he he says to Zane Lowe, he's like, I knew that if I put Blood on the Leaves as the first track, that like I would get a Grammy nomination. But then I said, actually, fuck that. And then he created on site, like specifically to be like, I want this album to like piss you off and shock you at the very beginning, and mm-hmm. I want you to realize that this is not because when you listen to just Blood on the Leaves on by itself, it's like this isn't too far maybe from something, especially the intro isn't too far from something that could be on the last album or 808s, but there's no mistaking on, <laughs> yeah. so on, on site. He literally goes, how much do I not give a fuck? Let me show you right now. And then the beat like drops and it becomes a children's choir saying, you give us what we need. It may not be what we want. And then it goes back to the, the grungy, the song's co-produced by Daft Punk. And it's just the dirtiest synths that they have ever produced. And this, then it's yeah, Kanye, the song is disgusting. I love it's, it. It's gross. And then, and then Kanye says, you know, black dick all in your spouse again. And that's, <laughs> and that's the song. And, He's like, I know this is, I know you're expecting something artistic from me, but I'm really just going to set fires. Yeah. And that's I, what this album is. It's, it's, God, I, yeah, it's, it, he just, he doesn't fucking care here. Yeah. And like there, and later in his career, we're going to talk about things where he doesn't care and it sucks. Oh um, God. Yeah. We're not even going to mention Jesus is King, but Jesus King <laughs> clearly like is one of those moments. It, he, yeah. He, he didn't put a lot of work into the sound of the beats and they all sound like shit. Yeah. So. But like <laughs> this album is like, he doesn't care and he's spiteful. Yeah. He, he's angry at everyone <laughs> on this album. Um, he, he named the song. I am a God, which isn't even one of the songs yeah. that we're, that we're focusing on, but the, the nerve to name that song. I am a God. Again, listen to that interview. He's like, he's like, <laughs> that moment where he's like, uh, people, people heard that song. They say, who do you think you are? I just told you who I thought I was a God. <laughs> he's like, would it have been yeah. better if I said, I am a pimp. I am a gangster. None of those things fit your perception of me better. He was just pissing everyone off on purpose. Yeah, it's the, amazing. The, God on like, I can't remember if it's on, on I am a God or, or one of the other tracks where he says, uh, uh, four in the morning and I'm zoned and I'm feeling possessed. That's mania, baby. I don't know if you've ever been manic, but that's yeah, mania. Oh my god, god, that that's black, that's black skinhead. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they say I'm possessed. It's an omen. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. Um, yeah. Let's talk about new slaves. Um, the, uh, the first verse of this song is like the most lucid Kanye has ever been in his entire life. <laughs> Literally. This Literally. is. I think new slaves is maybe the best Kanye song. The, um, the yeah the doing clothes you would have thought I had help but they weren't satisfied unless I picked the cotton myself yeah is, like this is this is a song about being about how he is bitter at white people yeah over the way that he is treated and perceived uh and the fact that no matter how rich and famous he is he still has black skin and that will always affect the way that he is treated by people um 
he is also fucking on one on this song. Like, if you yeah. like, if you want to, if you look up in the dictionary, the definition of fucking on one, it's new <laughs> slaves, dude. When he says, when he says, I move my family out the country so you can't see where I stay, I believe it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, this is the point. Like, this this is a Kanye that thinks the government is going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a Kanye who is uh, rapping about how he, like, there's a whole stanza in this song where he basically says, hey, private prison contractors that got rich and live in the Hamptons, I'm going to fuck your wives. (laughs) I, in, God, in, in a, in, in kind of a real way, like, this is, (laughs) this, this one song is all of To Pimp a Butterfly in three minutes and, but just way more pissed off. Yeah, it's I I have been listening to this song more and more lately. It is just it's so bizarre to listen to in retrospect knowing where Kanye goes after this. Um but you know, like this combined with some of the other things that he says on this album and also like his general ethos of just kind of saying whatever the fuck, you know, you just kind of get the impression that this dude doesn't have a lot of strong principles and that he sort of just believes whatever the last person to tell to tell him was and now he's completely surrounded by fucking kardashians so of course he has terrible opinions yeah this is that that's this song he says fuck you and your corporation y'all can't control me yeah and now he is gleefully letting himself be controlled by corporations (laughs) yeah it's it's really god um and then the outro the most beautiful sound you've ever heard in your life i mean fuck like yeah yeah he just gets frank ocean to come in there and it's just like oh we're gonna put a soul sample in there but it's just gonna be like like it's playing on a broken radio underwater and and you're desperately gasping for air as this as the ghost of an old kanye song plays it's god new slaves is so fucking good oh man uh anything else you want to say about that song no, um, there's, we, we got a lot of songs to get to. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. Um, I want to kind of sort of briefly talk about, uh, I'm in it. Um, and which I, I think is the, out. yeah, <laughs> I, this is the only, uh, s- song by Kanye about sex that I like. Um, <laughs> D- despite the, despite the racism, despite there's a, the yeah, everything. Yeah, there's a real racist line about halfway through it. Um, but, but like we said, that's yeah. an aspect of every Kanye album, um, But yeah, it's, and I think the reason is every other Kanye song about sex, um, it, this is like a quintessential part of the, the Kanye listening experience is you'll simultaneously be listening to Kanye say the dumbest shit you've ever heard in your life. Um, while in the background, the most beautiful sound of all time, please. Um, and that's, that's, that happens a lot on Dark Twisted Fantasy. That happens a lot on his first few albums. That's going to happen a lot more as we go ahead. Um, The reason that I like I'm in it is because it's not beautiful. It's really ugly song. It's a really like loud and like just fucking like this. This song feels like the third hour of sex when it's like sweaty. Yeah. Tell your boss, tell your boss you need an extra hour off. That's not that could be romantic if like. You know, if fucking Chris Brown or some random person like that sang it, but like, no, this is yeah, this it's, is him saying, no, we're gonna keep fucking. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the the just just talking about eating ass and going to Seven Eleven, like it's <laughs> it's like, great. <laughs> it's like that because I don't know, like it's it feels 
grimy and fucked up the way that it always feels when Kanye talks about sex, but this time, like, the the instrumental is backing up that feeling. Yeah, it, like, I don't know, like, this this song, like, gets me going. Like, it's... Yeah, it's good. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's good. I like it a lot, actually. And also, um, I do want to point out that it has the fucking dog bark in it. <laughs> so good he, he um, was doing it before but when dylan brady was in his diapers yeah so to, to clarify <laughs> on this there is like the like old ass like yamaha synthesizer dog bark sound effect <laughs> it's so um, funny and it, it is incorporated into the beat in uh, one part of this song and has now become like a signature part of the 100 gex sound yeah um, and and that's it's really funny to go back and listen to this song that like is kind of a hyper pop song in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's so is um, so is send it up. That's ba- that's yeah. like totally a hyper pop. Yeah, song. send it up is a hundred percent a hyper pop song. Yeah, there's like yeah. a bunch of songs in this album that we're not gonna like specifically call out, but it, yeah. know that almost every song on this album slaps incredibly hard. Yeah, this is probably my favorite as well. Um, yeah, so, you know, this is the CCC stamp of like <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna understand what it's like to 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 listen to. Kanye when you're when you're going through some some bad brain moments this is the one that we always turn to yeah this is this is the album this is the album that you pace your house and chain smoke to it's <laughs> yeah. yeah god um, yeah um there's a couple more to, songs gotta shit all over all of the praise that we just gave it let's talk about yeah. blood on the leaves uh probably the worst thing Kanye's ever done yeah I would say um, I would think this I think this is the single <laughs> most offensive Kanye West song it's mm, uh, uh, maybe no. not. He, there's, it gets worse as we go on, but like this, uh, he he uses a sample of strange fruit. Uh, let's talk which, about what strange fruit is. Strange fruit is a song. It's by, it's, an, uh, it's, it's an old blues song. It's an old yeah. yeah. So it's and, by many different artists. But, yeah, it's been performed you know. by a lot of different artists, and it is about lynching. Yeah, when and, the, the reference to strange fruit is referring to black bodies hanging from trees yeah um which yeah which which the the song quite which is part of the sample that he uses which you would think on an album that has fucking new slaves on it would be awesome except for some fucking reason kanye instead of making a song that is like about race politics he just like bitches about his ex for six minutes it's fucking unbelievable it's so confusing to me because it's like he did this right on this album and then the song that fucking samples strange fruit ah it's so bad he says i know that we the new slaves i see the blood on the leaves i see the blood on the leaves on on a new different slaves. on a different song on this album and then on this on this album he says to all my second string bitches trying to get a baby uh, i don't give a damn if you used to talk to jay-z and it's like what what are you doing i i i will i'll still listen to this song because i like to pretend that she instagram herself like bad bitch alert doesn't go hard as fuck but but this but it's Man, you you really can't listen to the lyrics of this. You just got you have to tune him out because this beat, like this, because the song slaps objectively. The beat but... sounds like nothing else, even on this album. Like the, yeah. the very dark, like blown out fucking trombone sample is it's, just yeah. absolutely unhinged. But it's, yeah, he shouldn't it, 
have used this sample. I'll it's, say it. Yeah, it's a it's a different it's a disappointing song because you want Yeezus to be Kanye's Black Liberation album. Like mm-hmm. you want Yeezus with new slaves and like and again, like he is still caught up in that like aspirational black capitalism he is not talking about black socialism here but there is like a level of awareness about like what his race means on this album that is very rarely present for him and because of that and because new slaves slap so goddamn hard you want you know you want kanye you want the kanye that read wretched of the earth you know, you want the Kanye yeah. that read Fred Hampton, but Kanye probably doesn't fucking read books, <laughs> so you can't he's get too there. Smart. He's too smart for books. And like, and and uh, sophisticated and like, ignorance, right? My curses and cursive. Yeah, and this is something that we'll talk about like as we go on, but like all like he cannot attain class consciousness because his ego will not allow it. Because if he was he was class conscious, he would realize that he need to give up what he has, and he can't accept that. So the only thing that he can talk about is this sort of like again like that aspirational black capitalism not black socialism you know um and blood on the leaves is just like the it's it's you get to this song and it's like oh yeah no he 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 doesn't really get it (laughs) like he can sometimes he can say things that are so profound and get at the heart of a topic in like two sentences and at the same time, it's like he doesn't understand them at all. It's it's really it's bizarre. It's really strange. Um, anything else you want to talk about there before we move on to probably the most interesting Kanye West song of all time? Um, no, we should talk. I, yeah. Bound Two is my most listened Kanye West song, and I don't have like the scrabbles to back it up. I just know that it is. I. It's- <laughs> his so, song is so let's fucking explain genius. what it is so then... yeah okay so, so yeah so bound to is um <laughs> very very almost like to to the point of parody sounds like well it is to the he's making a parody of himself this is a parody yeah this is a parody of his old music yeah, yeah. like he this song this song is a fuck you this song is a fuck you to anybody who wants him to make graduation again. Like, it is, the sound of this is like, there is the sped up soul sample in the back. Yeah. But that's it. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, there's no, like, drums layered over it. There's really no drums, there's no bass, it's just, he sped up a soul sample and and wrote some incredibly lazy-sounding Kanye-ish... Like, old uh, Kanye punchlines. Old old Kanye (laughs) punchlines. About Kim Kardashian this time, because this is around when he starts getting involved with her. So this is, like, a love song to Kim Kardashian, which is, like, the least important aspect of it, actually. Yeah. Um, And then it, like... There are moments where it goes to, like, a chorus that is, like, this big, epic, like electro pop chorus with like a you know like the the big arena stadium sound and like the transitions between the soul sample verse and those like indie pop choruses is completely artless like there's just <laughs> it like it will just it will just stop playing like the big synthesizer autotune sound and then like the shitty soul sample will just start right back up and Kanye just keeps rapping and it's just like it's fucking brilliant, dude, because it's like, it's, it's, a, it is a parody of a Kanye West song, 
on a Kanye West album where he is throwing his style in the garbage and telling you to go fuck yourself for wanting it. And then Bound 2 is like, yeah, I could do it. I'm still <laughs> not gonna. Like, it's so funny to read, like, the interview or, like, the, the reviews of Yeezus when it came out because people are like, oh, yeah, he does the industrial rap thing. And then at the end with Bound 2, he brings it right back to that classic Kanye. And it's like, no, you fucking idiots. He's yeah. making fun of you. No, He's yeah, making no, fun no of you for it. wanting this. No one got it. They were like, it's so, it, I remember just like reading, there were so many six out of 10 reviews of this album. Um, and it was like, it was like, there's just this one moment at the end where classic Kanye really shines through, but it feels it like it just doesn't fit on this album. And I'm like, no, it fits perfectly on it this album. It fits perfectly. <laughs> like you, you are like it, that you, if you are giving that review of Yeezus, you are the person that bound Two is making fun of. Yep. And it like and it and it extends to like the music video for this, which is like you which you have probably seen imagery from. It's like Kanye and Kim Kardashian on a motorcycle in front of a green screen, and it just looks like absolute fucking dog shit. And like still people didn't get it. Like people are like, this music video looks like shit. What's good what is he doing? It's like you fucking idiots. Like, yeah, every, it was just another reason for people to be like, look at that Kanye. He's crazy. He yeah, makes weird music like this. And it's like, no, he's... You guys, like, it's, like, literally that, like, Bound 2 is, like, such a clear artistic statement. And so many people didn't get it. It's crazy. Like, I don't know. It's It blows my mind. Like, because that music video, and he talks about, like, that music video, and he's just like, I want you to know that all of this is an artifice. Yeah. All of my music was this. All of my music was green screens. All of my music was, uh, you know, a, a cardboard cutout. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove that to you with this music video. Um, and, yeah, I would say uh, that this is the point where I think uh, Kanye West should have just uh, stopped making music and uh, never uh, appeared on uh, television or anything ever again. I think he should have moved to yep. his ranch in Wyoming and never come back right after he sits. This because, is the point of no return. Yeah, because because Bound 2 is such a, like, perfect closing statement to the, to the Kanye musical arc, right? Because he, like, he did the soul sample thing, you know, and then he blew it up and made it huge with Graduation, you know, then he does 808s and strips all of that out and does something different. Then he goes back to his original style, but makes it grimy and again, like, pushes it further and bigger with Dark Twisted Fantasy. And then Jesus just burns everything. And then at the end says, and fuck you for even wanting me not to burn everything. And then he should have just moved to the woods. <laughs> um... Which is interesting because we're about to talk about two albums that I think both of us uh, value very deeply. Um, yeah. It's just that... Yeah, yeah. His, For a long time, this next album was my favorite. Yeah, like, his arc ended here, but we don't get clean endings like that in real life, do we? Uh, no, we nope. get Life of Pablo. Um, yeah, so... 2016 comes around again it's been a long time since kanye has put out an album um do you want to talk a little bit about sort of uh the release process for uh the life of pablo and like how many yeah. different names and reiterations it went through i think i have the names memorized um <laughs> you know i forgot the very very first name 
Um, but yeah, okay. So this is a very on Twitter Kanye. This is a Kanye that's still tweeting every day. He took like many years off after this, and then re- and then came back to, to to hype up Donald Trump. The point is, um, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a- as of 2016, we were getting a Kanye who was like in the studio cooking, and like he would just post. He'd just be like, "I'm just over here making the greatest album ever. It's a gospel album. It's called Swish. Here's the track list." And he would just post a blurry picture of a whiteboard with the track listing there. And then, you know, a week later, he'll be like, just kidding. The album's called Waves, best album of all time. Now there's three more songs and the and the track listing has changed completely. And there's and now there's a Chris Brown feature for some reason. Uh, <laughs> we really needed that Chris Brown feature. Um, yeah, well, and- we mentioned Chris Brown's name earlier in this episode, but that's like, fuck Chris Brown. So I'd like to say a fuck Chris Brown before we move on. Yeah, Sorry. Re- real hearty fuck Chris Brown. Um, shouldn't have a career. Uh, nope. it, it's, it is a... Yeah. Frankly, neither should Kanye, but we'll get to that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Totally. Totally. Um. So yeah. So that. So that being said, at some point, it becomes clear that this album is going to be a title exclusive. Now, title is the. <laughs> God, I forgot about this exists. aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. It title still exists. It is a music streaming app, which you've probably heard of. It's not. It's maybe like number three or four, uh, behind the big streaming apps. Uh, they they um they posit to have the best quality like all of their quality is like flack i think that's the thing and mm-hmm. also it's like owned majority owned by jay-z uh mm-hmm. so this is like the jay-z streaming app is really what i think of it as because that's mm-hmm. what my, everyone else thinks of it as so he said this album will never be available for retail it will only stream on title um and God. obviously, it's on Spotify right now because yeah, went through because several other names as well. It was so help me God for a while. That, okay, so help me God was the first one. Then it was, then it was Swish. Then it was Waves. And then, like a day before it was going to be released, it was changed to the Life of Pablo, which yeah. is what the album is called now. Now, and even after release, <laughs> changes are still made to this. Like this album went through like several reissues where Kanye would just like the most famous uh, moment from the pre-release of life of Pablo (laughs) is when Kanye drops the album. uh, And it has a song on it called wolves. And at some point, like a little bit after he drops the album, Kanye just posts on Twitter. I'm a fix wolves. (laughs) (laughs) And it completely reworks the way that wolves sounds in like a patch update yeah like this album album. had patches like several patches over the course of like the months after it came out it didn't have its outro track when it dropped it was in early access they they literally they 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 nerfed wolves and they buffed (laughs) feedback in the balance patch and then they also added uh saint pablo dlc it's literally (laughs) there you could look at the patch notes It's, it's yeah it's insane it's great um, yeah, and this album is over an hour long. Uh, it is a complete fucking mess. Um, it, we'll talk about, like, the specific sound of the album as we sort of work through this, this, the first few tracks of it. But yeah, like you mentioned, Kanye promised that this would be a gospel album, mm-hmm. uh, before it came out. Um, yeah, so th- on this album, he is speaking more explicitly about his mental health than he ever has before. And it really seems like this sort of, um, 
chaotic release process is a result of sort of where he is with his mental health right now, where he doesn't really seem like he has a lot of control over things, maybe. Um, and this is also an album that is more explicitly about how fucked up wealth and fame are than any of the previous ones have been. Like, all of the previous ones have sort of been, like, subtextually about that. This one is explicitly about that, and it's... Yeah, um... It's, like I said, it's a mess. Uh, it jumps between topics. It jumps between moods. Um, it does not... When you listen to it, you do not walk away feeling like you have listened to an album made by somebody who is particularly well right now. Um, all that said, how do you feel about Life of Pablo? Man, there's there are just... There are some songs on this thing that are so fucking unforgettable. It's- I... I really just, there's a Rick Rubin version of this somewhere that's the best album ever made because some Mm -hmm. of his best songs are here and there are just this desperately needed cuts though. Um, The way I like to listen to this album is I take Kanye's, his own personal second to last track list when it was called Waves. I put the songs in that order that he had. And it's just a way better album in like every conceivable way. Um, the only the only thing I would change is I would still leave Alter Light Beams as the opener. Uh, mm-hmm. In his version, there it's the closer, which it still works. But um, yeah, man. the the high points on Life of Pablo are the highest Kanye points. Period. Like yeah, totally. The good songs on this album are change you when you hear them to be completely honest they this this album like had a huge influence on how i think about music and what music can sound like um but yeah also the it's god like it's a fucking disaster um he sounds really tired on this um a lot of the time it sounds like he really doesn't care about rapping anymore like we talked a lot about like on graduation and on like twisted fantasy like how hard he is trying to be good at rapping and throwing Mm -hmm. out punchlines and trying to be clever and there's very little of that here his flow is very like lazy and not very like he doesn't sound like he's trying a lot of the time um but also it is full of moments of absolute fucking brilliance. And yeah, I do wish that we had gotten like, like what I wish that we had, that Rick Rubin did to this album, what he did to Yeezus and Kanye let him have the final cut and make this like a 45 minute album that slaps your nuts off. Uh, but unfortunately we didn't get that. Um, yeah, man, let's talk about ultra light beam. Uh, maybe one of the greatest songs of all time. (laughs) Yeah. This is my favorite Kanye song. Um, It's definitely, it's a top three for me for sure. (laughs) I, I, this is a straight up gospel song, like very literally, like it's, it's a, a, it's an organ type of keyboard sample, a full choir that comes in after the first verse. Um, He's just talking about like, like his, his feelings on, on like prayer and faith uh, and the effect that these things have had on his life. And, and the, the, the choir just punctuates his like, his like auto-tuned crooning. This is just, it's just such a special sound. There's no, the drums, there's no drums for a while. And then they come in and it's just like 
a, like a weird like marching drum type of sound that just barely exists to keep time I, and like keep them on track. Yeah, man. I I could not fucking believe this song the first time I heard it because like yeah. When Life of Pablo was coming out, I was not a Kanye fan, and and so I only knew about Life of Pablo as, like, the goofy fucked up one where he re-released it a bunch of times, because yes. Jeff Gerstman talked about it on the Bombcast for, like, two hours. Um, but, like, uh, you know, so, the, the, and so I, my impression of Life of Pablo was, like, it's, it's a joke, it's a meme, no one, like, it's not actually a good album. And then I heard Ultra Light Beam and I was like, what the fuck are people talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. and I think and, and the experience of listening to Life of Pablo is that because the first three songs are, are the gospel album that he promised. Mm-hmm. And he has never realized the potential of Ultra Light Beam. No one has. No one has ever made music that fully realizes the potential on display in Ultra Light Beam. Like, dude, Chance the Rapper must have fucking sold his soul to the devil for this. <laughs> Uh, I very rarely memorize rap verses, especially if I'm not, like, trying to. Like, I memorized all of Backseat Freestyle by uh, Kendrick Lamar because I wanted to. But the, I just have listened to this so many times. He switches up the flow, like, eight times. They're... Foot so, on the okay, devil's okay, neck okay. while he drifted Z- drifted uh, Pangea. I'm moving all my family from Chatham to Zambia. So, so like, halfway through this song... Chance the Rapper, who is sort of a protege of Kanye West. They're both, like, yeah. co- Chicago-born uh, rappers who incorporate that soul sample style. Yeah. Chance the Rapper comes in and delivers the greatest hip-hop verse of all time. I mean, it's just... Quite, maybe the best verse of all time. Maybe like. the best of all time. And I, like, and I straight up think that, like, it feels like Chance like made a deal with the devil that he would get to mm-hmm. have the greatest verse of all time. And then he would immediately fall off and never make uh important or iconic music <laughs> ever again for the rest of his life. Ever. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, man, that <laughs> I have, I have, this is so off topic, but, and we have so much to get through still, but I've listened to that. Ooh, I love my wife. <laughs> I love my wife. Ah! So many times. Yeah. <laughs> Let's no, go I, ride a bike with my wife. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing puts, nothing gets you in the headspace that that Chance's verse on this does. When he says like, God, when he says they'll flip flip the script on your ass like Wesley and Spike, you cannot mess with the live looking like Shano from 79th. <laughs> Just fucking, and then like, and then the chorus comes back in, like, cause it's, the song is so lush, and then Chance's verse is, like, so sparse, and then it comes back yeah. in, and it's just like, oh, God, Ultra Light Beam, man. And then fucking Father Stretch My Hands happens. This is this is a, not only a very great and important and influential song on our taste in music, but my favorite example of Kanye saying a dumb thing <laughs> over a beautiful, yeah. otherworldly, sonic landscape. Yeah, this, this is, is the song the where he says... This this is the she just bleached her asshole song, um, bleach on my t shirt. It's like I... <laughs> it's it like so ultra light beam happens and you're like holy shit this is going to be the greatest album of all time, and then father stretch my hands part one starts, and you're like holy shit this is going to be the greatest album of all time. The yeah. chorus on father stretch my hands just like the piano and just the it 
I cannot even describe the sound of this song because no other song sounds like Father Stretch My Hands. Just this nothing is, does. This is like the Ur Kids See Ghost, and it's kind of like better than anything Kids See Ghost did. Yeah. Also, it's 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 that collaboration. It's um you know it's the Kid chorus, Cudi. The chorus is Kid yeah. Cudi, but Kid Cudi has never sounded better uh, before or since. Than, it's yeah. God, and it's just like, and then you get to the verse, and Kanye, <laughs> Kanye said. <laughs> the, the fucking bleached asshole I, thing. I like to I like to replace the end of everyone with t-shirt. If I fuck this t-shirt, <laughs> she just bleached her t-shirt, and I get bleach on my t-shirt. <laughs> I'ma feel like a t-shirt. <laughs> um, and then like he finishes that, and then it immediately goes back into the chorus, and it's the most incredible song you have ever heard in your life. The early version of this, I, I listened to this pre-patched. You know the second chorus where there's like an added like like female vocal. I yeah. wanna wake up with you on a beautiful morning. That wasn't there on the first that, draft of this. That the the I wanna wake up with you mm-hmm. part is one of my favorite sounds I have ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh-huh. something else. And then it transitions into part of the stretch my hands part two, and it's a fucking banger. Mm-hmm. It goes hard as fuck, and it's just fucking Panda by Designer with Kanye doing ad-libs over it, and it whiffs. <laughs> he he really he really spun gold out of something else <laughs> on, the, on that song. Yeah, um, and it it literally is just almost strictly downhill from there. <laughs> yeah. It's sad, like not that there's not other highlights, but. The uh, pun not intended because that song's not really a highlight. Um, no, but um, yeah, yeah. The, the next song literally is famous, which is a song that's not a that's very much not about much at all, except how he th- thinks that he's good at sex and that he and Taylor might still have. Yeah, sex. this is this is the song where he says, "I think me and Taylor still might have sex." Yeah, yeah. It's uh, but but. The song is notable because he's just like yet again reminding us that he can still soul sample if he wants to because the outro of this song is heavenly. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is, I mean, he, he added these these fucked up glitchy drums to a soul sample and then has some dude doing ad libs in the back. And it's like, ah, oh, this is nice. But then you just had to listen to a really shitty verse right before this (laughs) yeah it's like once you get to famous the sound changes for the rest of the album it's like no longer like it is no longer the gospel sound that is so unique to ultra light beam and father stretch my hands um it's just like old kanye but like played in an empty parking lot which is kind of a cool sound. Like, the drums on a lot of these songs are really boomy and echoey and, like, feel very lonely in a way. And, like, oh, I th- yeah, it's totally. a cool sound. And he does, like, develop this sound on the next album that we're going to talk about. But it's not the Ultra Light Beam sound. And no. I want the Ultra Light Beam sound for 45 goddamn minutes. And we've never gotten that. And we never will. <laughs> and Ultra Light Beam was one of the last songs added to the album. It wasn't in the first draft. Ultra Light Beam didn't exist when Swish was the album. So, yeah. you know, it's, you know, this sound was cemented. And then he was like, what if I make the best song ever made also? <laughs> and just put it on this album. Yeah. And then lied to everybody and told everybody that the whole so- album was going to sound like that. I mean, Ultra Light Beam is what he played on SNL and then released the song then released the album the next day this is what we all thought was the, yep. the thing yeah and then like i don't know like there's there's a bunch of songs on this album that i like 
Yeah. But don't fit on like feedback. Feedback is a mm-hmm. banger. It's like a MF Doom beat. It sounds like something, oh, but totally. like, but like, it sounds like something that should be on Yeezus. You know, it's like it's yes. like a noisy synth, and he's doing bars over it, and that's pretty much it. And it's a great song, but it doesn't fit on this album. But nothing yeah. fucking fits on this album, you know, because it's it's a complete fucking like it's a it's just swerving wildly at all times. <laughs> yeah. Um. Man, I. I have mixed feelings about no more parties in LA. Um, <laughs> That's another one where I just like, if you don't listen to what they're saying, it's an amazing song. <laughs> yeah. That beat. Oh my God. I think it's a Swizz beats. Uh, I want to mm-hmm. say, I don't know. So yeah, some like, it's, amazing it's, producer made the, made the hardest beat that they've ever done and gave it to Kanye and Kendrick Lamar and Kendrick Lamar and Kanye both kind of took like smelly dumps all over it honestly <laughs> yeah, this is... the the flows are good if i pretend that they're saying other things i really like the flows especially yeah, like, kendrick's but kendrick's just... whole verse is him being like i'm mad that i flew this girl out to la and she's fucking other people <laughs> i should own her yeah <laughs> and then <laughs> literally Kanye, kanye being like man being rich is so awesome but also sucks but is also awesome I'm going to be a misogynist anyway. And then he goes on for like two and a half minutes doing that. It's, um, it's a very rambly song. It's, it's complete. It's complete rambles. The only coherent thing is at the very end where he says, uh, tell all my cousins, I love them. Even the one who stole my laptop, you dirty (laughs) motherfucker. Which is the cousin that stole Kanye's laptop is referenced more than once on this album. Yeah. The, the cousin, the cousin who stole the laptop is like the antagonist of the album. (laughs) Yeah. God. Um, like, there's other songs that, again, like, are awesome, but I don't know why they're on this album. Like, Fade? That's a great Daft Punk song. Thank you, Kanye. This Daft Punk song fucking whips ass. Don't know why it's on your gospel album. It seriously is. <laughs> it's so good. I love Fade. Like, Fade is like a fucking club banger. It's great. Don't know why it's mm-hmm. on this fucking album. Um, yeah. Uh, I The last one that I want to talk about uh, is, the, is the last track on the album, which is St. Pablo. Um, which is, as I mentioned earlier, was added as DLC. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think St. Pablo is like the closest thing that at least at this point you get to like a full on manifesto from Kanye. Um, and it's also like the most, like probably the most emotionally honest he's ever been on a song. Um, I'm gonna read some of the lyrics of this directly. Like the first thing that he says on this out al- on this song is, "My wife said I can't say no to nobody, and at this rate we're, we both gonna die broke. Got friends that ask me for money, knowing I'm in debt, and like my wife said, I still didn't say no." Like he's t- talking about where he is at in his life uh, with his finances uh, in very frank terms, and then he's also like full-on megalomaniac kanye on this song like he he is he is like comparing himself to albert einstein on this song he is talking about how he is the most influential artist of all time like he is just self-aggrandizing and also just full of self-hatred on this song it's it's a lot any hint of any hint of self-awareness that was there or tongue-in-cheek nature that was there on songs like i am a god is just gone like he's just like sunk into that persona uh completely now it's overtaken him that yeah yeah it's um 
this is also like kind of the first time that uh, we he starts to fully articulate his completely fucking dog shit political ideology. God, I know. Oh man, this is like, yeah. This is this could have been like his like he if he just put these lyrics in his like run for president commercial, it'd be just the same. This is that's, yeah. That's, like yeah. I mean, and 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 this is. So, if you're not aware, I feel like most people are aware, but if you're not aware, this is around the point where uh, Kanye sort of starts to become courted by white supremacy, I would say. Courted courted by conservative politics, in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And the way that he... And he outlines it pretty clearly on this album, or on, on this song in particular, and and that, like... Because he cannot attain class consciousness because he's one of the richest people in the world, he can't become a socialist. And so you'll hear him say things like, they they want all black people to be Democrats. And it's like, well, Kanye, if you wanna if you wanna not be a Democrat, you could be a fucking communist, but he can't do that because that conflicts with his class interest and so the only thing he can think to do <laughs> is to go into this like fucking south park mode of like being conservative is the counterculture and that's basically what and that that is basically going to be the definition of like his politics for the rest of his career yeah well to to, to be continued right but yes yeah. absolutely yeah. it's fucked because like oh god yeah black people they want all black people to be democrats like they do want all black people to be Democrats, but yeah. it's like but. he's so close to understanding something, but his 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 wealth <laughs> that that like his wealth prevents him from understanding. Yeah, mm. it's yeah, and like and th- this is the album where he like this is the song where he says I am one with the people multiple times, and it's just yeah. like dude, yeah. no, you f- you're not anymore, man. You're gone. Like you don't represent. You have no idea what it is like to not have obscene amounts of wealth anymore. This is the only reality that you can comprehend at this point. Yeah, um, yeah this this uh, this song is also like peak. Like he he just doesn't care about rapping on lists. Like there's parts where he's like s- like stumbles over his words and like the flow is just like it's like he's not even trying and it's like because he knows he doesn't have to and that's kind of what the song is about. It's just like. Well, now he's Kanye West, and he has everything, and he's still fucking miserable, and he doesn't even have to try. People will still listen to his music, even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't try at all. And that will that will also become a theme going forward. It's like he realized that it doesn't matter what he does anymore. It's it's so. It's so, it's so, such a, like, poignant, like, example of, you know, it's funny that the, this, this podcast, you know, really started, like, very optimistically and about all the things we like about him. And it just, the, this downward spiral just, just hits its crescendo here. And really, it becomes clear that this is a person who, is not well and uh is not going to get better (laughs) yeah it's like during the tour for this album he gets like halfway through it and then there's a show where he like does maybe three songs and then just rambles at the crowd for like 20 minutes um and is saying things like 
is saying things like like he thinks that Jay-Z is going to send Hitman after him and yeah. you know talking about again like this is a Kanye West that thinks the government might kill him um and he is just saying that on stage in front of tons and tons of people uh and this is also the first time that he says that he would have voted for Donald Trump um and at that point he's basically like booed off the stage um and cancels the rest of the tour um and yeah he disappears from social media for a long time uh and then comes back uh in 2018 and this is where like really this is this is where like supporting kanye west becomes unconscionable yeah um you know like before it's like oh yeah no i mean objectively kanye west like is a misogynist uh is you know uh, is a capitalist that doesn't fucking care about poor people really uh, you know he cosplays as a revolutionary but you know the the music slaps and you know whatever you can enjoy it for what it is this is the point where that that kind of stops for a lot of people i think this is the point where he's posting uh pictures of him wearing a maga hat on twitter and talking about how donald trump is his blood brother and all of this shit um and yeah, uh, he puts out a couple songs before this next album that we're going to talk about. Um, do you want to briefly talk about uh, uh, Lift Yourself? Uh, I mean, this, God, the, the 2018 Kanye is, in my personal opinion, the highest possible highs and lowest possible lows that yeah. an artist can can attain yeah. in one single year. Um, you know, those two songs are kind of a, a good example I think lift yourself is 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 a high point for me um, because he makes one of his most creative sounding, interesting sounding like soul beats, and uh, the story. I don't know if this is corroborated, but the story is that like Drake wants the beat, but he's kind of like beefing with Drake, so instead he's like, no no no, I'm gonna use this beat for myself, and then instead of actually rapping, he goes these bars coming up these bars and he goes poopity scoop scoopity <laughs> yeah. scoopity whoop poopity it's scoop, very poop. funny it's it's, it's hilarious great. to me that this song made people mad when it came out because yes. it's like so obvious what like i don't know like it, this proves to me that that no that people will still not get the joke no matter what kanye does because this is the same fucking joke as bound to yeah it's the this same is joke. the exact same joke as bound to it's you want this and fuck you these bars though yeah These and bars? like and this time he's being like so obvious about <laughs> it and know. people were still like what the fuck kanye this song is garbage yes you fucking idiot he's like yes, not able to be garbage. he's not able to be subtle about it anymore because he's just like lost the subtle every uh, there's no sort of subtle brain cell yeah. left in him and he's just and like, it never mattered scoopy boop he, and he it, did it, it was, subtly yeah. and and most people didn't fucking get it <laughs> And then, yeah, and then the other song he puts out is called Gay Versus the People, in which <laughs> This is the worst Kanye song. This <laughs> is, yeah, in which he invites T.I. Um, to uh, to have a, <laughs> have a friendly debate uh, so about politics. And the song is T.I. and Kanye West trading versus back and forth, in which T.I. presents a very, very basic... Um, uh, a left very reasonable con criticism of Kanye's a, actions. A like very reasonable criticism of Kanye and <laughs> presents the political ideology of even the the even the most 
close to liberalism leftist that you could possibly find as a yeah. rich rapper. And then Kanye says, isn't it so cool that we live in America and we can have disagreements? <laughs> like I, for one think that being a Republican's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and TI is like, you are aligning yourself with white supremacy. And Kanye <laughs> is like, ha, but you just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Kanye is like, I follow Candace Owens on Twitter. So I see through the lies of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> So these are the two songs that we had to go off of going into um, Yay. Which so is Hopes Are High. Album. This is the, yeah, Hopes Are High. This is the last album we're going to talk about. Um, so also around this time, Kanye is on this shit where uh, he is convinced that the ideal length for an album is seven tracks. And honestly, I'm inclined to agree. I also God, I'm so about this. Big, big lover of short albums. I love a 25-minute, I love a 23-minute album. Give me that shit. Love it, love it. I'm very interested in brevity in music, which makes it funny that A, we've been talking about Kanye West, and B, we've been talking about him for over two hours. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so low expectations going into this one. Uh, the, the thing with the seven-track album is Kanye's putting out a bunch of albums this summer. Um, this is the only Kanye West solo album that comes out, but he puts out like a duo album with Kid Cudi. He produces an album for Pusha T. Uh, he pr- produces like a couple other albums for people. So he is, he is, Kanye is making music again. Uh, and these albums are all released like week after week uh, during yeah. the summer of 2018. Um, and at some point we get Yay. Um, uh, I'm going to briefly talk about like the sound of it. Cause there's it's sure. honestly the least important aspect of it. Like the, the sound does not evolve a lot on this album. Um, the, the sort of uh, the premise of like Kanye changes up his style, every album, like that's kind of gone at this point. Um, and I would say that this is an expansion of the non gospel sound from from life of pablo like it, it this is mm-hmm. that old kanye but played in a parking lot kind of vibe like it, it it's it's that um yeah uh yeah it play it plays off of like nostalgic uh sentiment sentimentalities but also um has a very modern approach to like very hard-hitting drums and uh is willing to put like rough sounding Yeezy synths uh sometimes but also will have a very soulful piano ballad with a fucking tambourine because yeah. you know he he does he he's multifaceted yeah um, and but it's, again it's only, yeah, 20, the, it's only 23 minutes the, um, the, the, i just yeah the the sound is like the the least notable thing about this uh the, man um Maybe, yeah, like, maybe we just get right into our thoughts on this and we'll work through the themes as we go. Yeah, this is a harrowing album. Every track is is harrowing. Um, I think that it's, I think that it's important that this album exists as an exploration of a human being, uh, but it's tragic that that someone had to go through, that he had to go through the suffering that it took to make this Um and is you know by all accounts still going through that suffering uh because you know recent news is that like even his wife is like has like had enough at this point yeah which after Um, listening to this album yeah of course she fucking did um yeah uh this is a this is a really really hard album for me to listen to there are specific lines on this album that put me back into like a dark mental health place 
that mm-hmm. are they're so specific to my like experience with like mental health issues in my family and like in my own brain that it's like it, it it's like shocking it, it was yeah. it's like shocking uh, yeah i've sort of like alluded to this on this podcast a few times but um you know what the fuck is a diagnosis uh right. but uh right. certainly uh the experience that is described as bipolar disorder is something that uh i experience pretty vividly um things like the mania and depression the sort of rapid cycling between those two modes of of hyper energy and and fucking despair mm-hmm. um and that is what this album is about i mean literally the cover is a picture of a mountain range in wyoming with um i love being bipolar or i hate being bipolar it's awesome written on it like he's he's just going for it and like it's yeah like you said it's fucked up that this album even exists it shouldn't be allowed to exist somebody shouldn't be able to get to the point of making an album like yay that that's kind of what i'm getting at is like the man this yeah the this is not like someone like taking his pain and spinning it into beauty, like in in a in 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 a in a romantic type of way. The way that we look at like a Van Gogh painting, and I mean and the way that we look at fucking eight oh eights and like yes. fantasy. This is not right. That. No, this, this is, is just this is all of the gloss is gone. The themes are just like suicide, death, aging, uh, mental illness, and there's no. There's not a hint of pretense or a hint of metaphor in this entire album. There's no yeah, metaphors let's... on this album. <laughs> it's just him saying, I'm fucked up and my life is awful. Let's talk about um, the first track on the album. Um, like, so I know I put a content warning up at the top of this episode, but like really seriously, we're going to get in it at this point. And like, this is going to be a very intense conversation. Uh, I am going to quote directly from the first song in this album, um, which is mostly a spoken word piece. um, And Kanye repeats himself a lot during this. I'm going to like cut out a lot of the parts where he repeats himself. Um, But yeah, this song is called I Thought About Killing You. um, And I'm just going to read some of it. The most beautiful thoughts are always besides the darkest. Today, I seriously thought about killing you. I contemplated premeditated murder. And I think about killing myself, and I love myself way more than I love you, so today I thought about killing you. Premeditated murder. You'd only care enough to kill somebody you love. Just say it out loud to see how it feels. People say, don't say this, don't say that. Just say it out loud just to see how it feels. Weigh all the options, nothing off the table. I think this is the part where I'm supposed to say something good to compensate so it doesn't come off bad, but... Sometimes I think really bad things. Really, really, really bad things. See, if I was trying to relate it to more people, I'd probably say I'm struggling with loving myself because that seems like a common theme. But that's not the case here. I love myself way more than I love you. And I think about killing myself. So best believe I thought about killing you today. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I cannot listen to this song without absolutely fucking completely breaking down um like i like very few things have that effect on me like i think the only other music that has that effect on me is uh divorce lawyers i shaved my head when that one Mm -hmm. is like really painful 
gender feelings. Uh, like, I can't listen to that album without crying. This song is so hard, man. Like, I don't... I don't have the particular experience of homicide being an intrusive thought of mine. But this thing that he is describing of, like, I love you so much that I hate you. <sighs> is this something that that I've, I've never seen portrayed in art before? Who else can? I, I, Who else could make this song without going to fucking prison? Yeah. There's just It's not okay that this exists. No. Like it's 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 not okay that this song exists because like every single person in Kanye's life who agrees to do features on his fucking songs, who agrees to produce for him, who agrees to do anything are enabling this to continue happening. Every person who doesn't say, "Dude, you have to stop." No more like don't put out any more music. Stop being in the public eye. You need to leave. You have to stop. No one can tell them that because they all want the benefit that comes from being friends with Kanye West and getting to be on Kanye's songs and the fame and wealth that comes with being in the orbit of Kanye West. And so no one can help him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just, there's a line, it, it shifts to being, you know, very suicidal instead um but i mean remaining to be honest there's a part where he says you know um uh i don't do shit halfway so it's like it's it's just so foreboding he's he says this moment where he says i i done had a bad case of too many bad days got too many bad traits use the floor for ashtrays that that's a rhyme and just a line that sounds so specifically like out of my life in like my worst days like these this is the way that i talk to myself when i'm in a depressive episode like and this is like what i do when i'm in a depressive episode like i remember i remember like me and like my brother like literally like just smoking cigarettes and he was just completely manic at this point and just like i he was just in the living room and I had to put newspaper under his cigarettes so he wouldn't stay in the carpet. And I was like 15 at the time. And it's just like the, these, that, <laughs> that nothing can bring me back to those years, which I have tried so hard to repress. Um, and it doesn't, you know, it behooves me not to repress them. I realize that. I, I have a therapist, for the record. I, I am pro not repressing uh, painful, uh, traumatic memories. But, like, I just wanted to listen to, like, the new Kanye album. And then this song is the first song on it. And I, I was, like, driving on my way to work. I, like, had to, like, stop my car. I was, like, I don't know what's happening right now. Like, I... Yeah, like I've never had this feeling before. <laughs> listening to I a put, song, I put off listening to this album for years because you told me that, and I hated fucking. I was so I, I hated Kanye so much that I didn't want to feel that way about yeah. something that he had made. 
and yeah. I knew that this album was going to mean a lot to me. And I finally, yeah. like within the past month or so, I listened to it for the first time. And it was like, I don't know. Uh, it was part of the process for me of like really coming to terms with the fact that like I am bipolar because I heard this song and I felt it. And that was really scary and upsetting. Um, and that doesn't stop on this album. Like, it's... No. None of the other songs are, like, quite on the level of I Thought About Killing You. Like... But it's... it's. I mean, the next song is Yikes. And Yikes is... Oh, boy. Um, there's a lot going on here. I would think... I think... <laughs> You you said that this is sort of yeah. this is the mania to to I thought about killing use depression and it yeah. is it's a much more like intense song. Yeah, um, the, these two songs are like the one two punch of him, like describing the the best and worst of his bipolar disorder. And yeah, you know this is exactly this is what it feels like, man. Yeah, he, I mean, there's a part <laughs> there's a part during this song where he says like like. <laughs> I'm on that bipolar shit. That's my fucking superpower. That ain't no disability. I'm a fucking superhero. I'm a superhero. And then he just like screams at the top of his lungs. Destroys me every time I hear it because yeah, man, that's what it's like. You dude being manic fucking rules. <laughs> like word. <it's... laughs> Honestly. Yeah, man. You like when you're manic, you're like, why can't I just be this person all the time? I get it so infrequently. Yeah, I know. Yep. I get shit done when I'm manic, man. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's why it's so fucking hard to listen to these albums, dude, because I know what it's like to create while manic and to to want to tap into it to be better at your art. God, I know. And that's what he talks about constantly on this album. And, like, he's talking about being off his meds a lot. And it's like, he's trying to do Yeezus again. But you can't fucking do that to yourself. No, and and it's and it, it just is because become so obvious that his condition has degraded in the past 10 years. Because yeah. Yeezus is a long time ago at this point. And it's like... Yeah. Ye man, I... Uh... The, the the part on Yikes where he just straight up says that he's worried about getting me too. <laughs> yeah, he probably fucking should be. He's just being like, I, like brutally we said, like, honest in so many other yeah. ways, and so he's basically saying I've done things that make me me tooable. Like yeah. he's basically and like, like he... saying I'm a rapist, like on a song. <laughs> mm -hmm. And on Life of Pablo, he like says there's a line where he's like, "Does anybody feel bad for Bill Cosby?" And everybody was like, what the fuck, Kanye? And then you uh -huh. get to Yikes, and it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, he feels bad for Bill Cosby because he knows what... Because he's done the same things. Yeah. And and he th and he knows that it could come for him someday. Mm -hmm. And he, and if it does, he'll fucking deserve it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, he feels he feels untouchable, just like Donald Trump is untouchable by this shit. Yeah, and I mean, like, a lot, you know, all of these things that we're talking about, all of this, like all of this emotion that we draw out of ourselves by listening to this music doesn't change the fact that this is like, uh, I don't care what fucking twisted justification he has for it in his brain. You, uh, as soon as you are carrying water for white supremacy, it's too late, man. I don't care anymore. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's over. 
Um, yeah. It, and it just gets worse and worse on this album. Like, fucking what, wouldn't leave. Oh, God. <laughs> it's such a beautiful song. The fucking vocals, uh, the chorus on this, the chord progression is so gorgeous. And the song is just him saying, um, I'm... I'm a very abusive and emotionally manipulative husband. Um, uh, Thank God my wife is loyal. Uh, She'll never leave me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I do. Like the fact that like, I don't know, reading about this album and like the fact that like Kim Kardashian was like posting on Instagram about it and telling people like, hey, Kanye's album is coming up. And then apparently like after all of Kanye's like, Twitter controversy shit started coming out. He, like, redid large parts of this album, and it became the fucking terrifying uh, journey into the mind that it is. Yep. And, like, Kim Kardashian has heard this album where he just openly talks about killing her. Can't believe they're not together anymore. Yeah, and man. like that 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 song about today, I thought about killing you. It could be about his kids. Who fucking knows? It's about someone. Mm-hmm. It and yeah. yeah, um, God, there's in an, in another moment of cogent uh, cogency, he says on no mistakes. I don't take advice from people less successful than me. Um, there it which is. Which is which is yeah. There it is. There's the no whole one, fucking problem. Like, this is so literal because the only people he's taken advice from in the past two years is Donald Trump and Dave Chappelle, <laughs> which are the two which are two people that are arguably, you know, more uh, more successful or more, you know, relevant and known uh, than him very slightly, maybe. Um, and those are the people that he he has no one else to look up to, because when your entire worldview comes from how much capital you've amassed and how much power and influence you have uh over other people um who can be your therapist who could be your therapist except fucking dave Chappelle? who can be kanye west's therapist who can understand what's going on with him no one or and the only other people who do are also fucking vampires yeah fucking dave Chappelle is like a utterly despicable detestable human being yeah Uh, and that's and so is fucking jay-z yeah <laughs> so is fucking donald trump and so is fucking king kardashian yep. these people are all fucking morally bankrupt because if they weren't they wouldn't have gotten rich in the first place yeah that's i mean yeah yep yep <laughs> um the last song on the last song on yay is uh is is fucking violent crimes oh, fuck this which song, is also man. deeply revealing yeah fuck this song like um this entire this entire song is Kanye saying, "Well, I'm really scared about the fact that I have a daughter because men, men are demons. I'm a man and I'm a demon. Therefore, men are demons, and I don't want my daughter to ever have a sexual uh, anything. <laughs> I don't want her to have a sex life because men are demons and rapists. And that's and like it's it's not just the like oh I used to be a fucking playboy, but now I had a daughter, and so now I, I care about women's feelings. It's like beyond that." It's like, I'm scared to have a daughter because men are fucked up like I'm fucked up. It's bleak, man. It's bleak. It's it's a very conservative song. Um, mm-hmm. It comes from a very conservative place. Uh, but it's like, but most conservatives are just like, you know, stay away from my daughter. I have a gun. But he's like, 
he's like, oh God, I stay I away have, from my daughter. Cause you're like me. Stay away from my daughter because I know what's in your heart. And it's like, yeah, that's darker than most conservatives uh, are yeah. willing to go with it because he, cause I don't know. It's, it's the, it's whether, you know, people are complicated, whether or not you can slap conservative onto him without knowing his like inner life uh, is not important. What's important is the things he does and says, um, yeah. obviously this he, is the he case has for done many things to support deeply conservative causes. And I mean, like yes. after this album, we get the Kanye West presidential run uh, in 2020, which I believe had like a single campaign speech during which he is wearing a bulletproof vest uh, and ranting about how uh, he almost aborted his child and saying that he almost killed his own kid. Um, and it seems like that was about the, the closing point for his relationship as well. Um, yeah. Watching so. that speech is the, is like, like you watch it and, and, and I don't know, I feel so much despair towards like, I don't know. Kanye is just like a tragic figure, you know, it's deeply fucking bleak to watch this person in front of this crowd of people who don't know him. And all of us collectively over years and years have just been watching this man deteriorate in front of millions of people to the point where he is now like having a delusional presidential bid and just rambling incoherently in front of a crowd that boos him. When it's just he, sad, man. Yeah. The, the point that we're at in our Kanye journey is like, we're a few months we're a few months past the point when he appeared on Joe Rogan as a presidential candidate and just was clearly in like a very deep depressive state that entire time and just wasn't able to coherently answer a single question about policy. Um, obviously, I mean, it, it um, it's, it's, hard. it is going to be hard to close this. Um, yeah. I mean, Kanye goes on to make more albums and that Jesus is King comes out, I've never heard it, and I never will, because I don't fucking care. Because at this point now, Kanye is just, like, a fucking televangelist. Uh, Literally. Who, like, like, yeah, like, I, the, 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 his whole fucking born-again Christian thing is a bunch of fucking bullshit. It's all about aggrandizing him and amassing more wealth for himself. He can never attain clash consciousness, as I have said many times on this podcast, because his wealth and status... Uh, it makes it his job to not achieve class consciousness. Yep. Um, yeah. You ever heard um, the song Gold Digger? Like, at a club? <laughs> man, that song slaps. Yeah, God, that song's man. good. Um, I think I'm spent. Do you have anything else that you want to say? Get down, girl. Go ahead. Get down. <laughs> Get down, girl. Go ahead. Oh, man. Thank you for very listening to this uh, bizarre uh, departure for Cartridge Cinema Club. I don't know. If people really liked this, then I think we'll maybe do more things like this, like more stuff about music where we like do a deep dive on particular artists and stuff. That might be kind of fun. Maybe we'll do a hyper-pop episode. I don't know. <laughs> uh, hyper-pop episode. I got to get somebody on who's played all the Halo games because I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> about all the Halo games. Oh, May, do you do you have some time to talk about our Lord and Savior Halo Two Two Thousand Four <laughs> Fun Fungie? <laughs> oh man, that's all I got, Mark. Um, 
the 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 new Kid Cudi album that came out last year is pretty good. Mm. Man on the Moon three. What? It's, yeah, you know it's what? It's pretty good. Listen to I'm I'm gonna leave this on. Listen to No Name because she does a lot of the cool things that Kanye yeah. does, but she's also a communist. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Follow um, No Name on Twitter. Also, it's a very yeah. good Twitter. If you yeah, if you're post. like a Twitter leftist, like. You could be following all like the YouTubers uh, who like <laughs> are mostly white and and have diluted this theory down for you to be digestible. Or you could follow No Name, who is a black uh, uh, a, a black socialist who fucking black communist who talks about that in her music and also like fucking like donates her money to these causes the way that these other white yeah critical of celebrity in a way that kanye west could never nope (laughs) um yeah fuck cops don't join the military fuck kanye west peace 18 years 18 years she got one of your kids got you for 18 years i know somebody paying child support Uh, peace (laughs) it's the end of this podcast it's over now goodbye oh god Two, two, two hours, 40 minutes. That's that was near. That was nearly a three hour. Podcast. We'll, we'll see. We'll see you guys when, when Kanye makes another six albums. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>